Hello and welcome to the Deer Apparition Podcast, the podcast where we talk about all things regarding the Deer Hunter. I'm one of your hosts, Rue, and joining me today, as always, are Steve and Hunter. How are you guys doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing Dead, well. apparently. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Well, we were, I'll wait we're, for Hunter to go first. I think Steve, Steve and I have such a penchant for talking over each other that now we're trying to be so nice and let the other person go first. So we we do this little we do this little dance around each other. Uh, I am doing exceptionally. Uh, nothing to complain about. I'm still living in glorious Ohio. Uh, school is going fantastically. Steve, how are you doing? Fuck you, Rue. Being all proper and shit. I'm doing fine. <laughs> it's always it, episodes always start out with like putting Rue down. <laughs> People, we were just saying before the episode started that um, people wonder why Rue doesn't talk too much, and it's because we spent the entire pre-show ritual just shitting on Rue. <laughs> <laughs> I get used to it. You're from New York, Steve. You got to get used to it. I don't think you guys have shit on him once yet. We've been holding back because you're because you're here. We don't want to look bad. Steve's New Yorker, so if he goes like ten minutes without insulting somebody, his head will like explode. So he kind of he has to do that. You know, I've never understood the uh and this isn't a dig at you but i've never understood the pride in like i'm from new york i'm a fucking asshole like <laughs> like why why be why be an asshole you don't have to be i could break it down for you right now um it's right now first of all new york is a very ethnocentric like area because um we have like a lot of the best from people going all over the world to give us like good experiences like you know top of the line whether it's indian cuisine moroccan cuisine or even from pizza and bagels and like i travel a lot for work so i know just from traveling to other places i find that i'm not finding myself having as much fun as i would in new york just because new york has everything like it's such a packed area just to clarify i think you meant ethnically ethnically diverse no it's very ethnocentric so it's like all one ethnicity no ethnocentrism is um basically it's referring to a culture that thinks that they're better than everyone around them. Oh, okay. So you're you're taking it straight in that direction. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that it's. it's I'm not saying this. This like every New Yorker is like that, but like you have people from New Jersey saying that they live in New Jersey slash New York, which I don't know if that means like the Lincoln Tunnel or something. But uh, they, uh, a lot of people are proud to live here because it's so expensive. It's kind of viewed as like a noble thing. And just from having all these great things around us and having everything kind of given given to us, essentially, we just kind of, we built, I guess, an entitled attitude. And plus, on top of that, New York with uh, Madison Avenue and everything, everyone just wants to get from point A to point B and everyone's trying to fuck each other over. So we're just trying to get places. And if you're in our way from trying to go somewhere, it's kind of obnoxious. Like I was driving in, uh, I, I was driving in Las Vegas, I think. And I was the number one asshole on the road, but I got us where we needed to go in time. And everyone's just like so passively aggressive to me. No, yeah, I, I like I get I get why people are, but I to me it just seems like a silly thing to to have pride in is being a an asshole. <laughs> Most New Yorkers I know they like they just you know they're like oh well it's just you know how we're raised and whatever and it's the city and it's there's, New York thing, there's you know? yeah there's too many people so nobody can be bothered i'm just a very quiet <laughs> shy like to think that i'm a nice guy so like by the way uh, we, we started I, this episode out talking about shitting on rue and then we trampled all over his intro he never got to finish it <laughs> so rue, oh, why don't you introduce shit. why don't you introduce our guest who's been <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, no, that was all of us. It was quite a tangent, I've got to say. Yes. Okay, so uh, you might not believe that this is the Dear Apparition podcast, but it is. 
<laughs> Joining us today, we have a member of the Deer Hunter. We are very grateful to have uh, not only the guitarist and backing vocalist, but he has also uh, played pretty much every instrument that you, that you can think of in the history of the band. We have, of course, the amazingly talented Max Tuso. Hey! <laughs> I don't know why, I just thought it would be funny to uh, speak in a valley girl voice for the rest of the time, but I'm not going to do it. I just, I said, hey! You should have started out and that way and just kept it up. Oh my yes. god, guys, I'm so happy to see you! And every time, every time someone sees you at a show, there's... What the fuck? <laughs> no, this is great. Well, Max, as as Ru said, we're we're delighted to have you. Uh, we we've been having a great time talking to you before the show. Uh, we we want to kind of get out of the way uh, who you are, you know, how you came to be, you know, where you are now. We just kind of we want to get to know a little bit more about you. So I'm sure you've listened to some of the past episodes, some of your musical background, like how you got started in music, how you kind of ended up in your musical journey to where you are now. Kind of explore that a little bit. Yeah, um, I mean, the long and short of it is just luck, <laughs> but. Uh, I got lucky with what family I was born into. Um, yeah, I don't know. I started. Do you want like the whole thing? <laughs> like the you can say as much or as little as you want. You can okay. just say I, I played music the end if you want. I, I want to feel like I was there from the second you emerged from the womb. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't really get. I didn't. I don't have very musical. I, well, that's not right. My parents <laughs> love music, but neither of them play any instruments or grew up with instruments or anything like that. Uh, my mom was a singer and an actress uh and my dad is a like a hobbyist singer he he's got like a i don't know like a kind of scott stappy voice but in a good way <laughs> uh <laughs> i think that's a compliment i like scott Stapp's voice you know what i mean like the the ulti- but whatever so they both sing but not like professionally um so i didn't start i started playing guitar uh sort of just out of boredom and spite uh my, <laughs> my older brother got a guitar for i can't remember if it was his birthday or christmas or something and he never played the thing so i was like oh fuck it i'll take a stab and uh really really loved it and then uh did you ever give it back and he just didn't care he 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 tried to learn a couple instruments uh i he just the bug never bit him you know he plays a little bit of like guitar and piano here and there uh but yeah, just he never like got obsessed with it or anything. Uh, oh yeah, and then I, after I started to get really interested and really just start playing guitar a lot, my dad fully fucking hopped on board. He was like almost too supportive, <laughs> uh, and it was the he was constantly. I think he was fascinated by it because he constantly would just show up with random instruments and be like. You're gonna learn this one now. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, cool. Let's let's take a shot at it. Uh, I could never. He can't, he showed up with a fucking violin one time, and I could, could never get the hang of it. That was the one that I gave up on. Um, I could not get the. You know, I couldn't make it sound pretty. It just sounded like a dying cat. Uh, yeah, and then it was just it was just that. I, so I guess that. The only reason I am a, I hate saying this, but a multi-instrumentalist uh, is just for my dad constantly, like, just showing up with instruments. That, that's literally, that was most of my, like, I think I started playing, I was like 14 or 15 and when I started playing guitar. And then, you know, by the time I was like 18, I had, you know, pianos and guitars and drums and uh, synthesizers and basses and, you know, all the variations in between 
Uh, so really, really lucky in that regard. And yeah, it kind of just became a thing where it, my dad was like, okay, he, you know, he was really sports centric, but then it was like, and I just didn't like sports. And he, uh, he was like, okay, well, as long as you have something that you, you know, you're working with people like being in a band, he, that was a big thing for him. Like, as long as you're doing something team related and pursuing something, then fuck it. You don't have to do sports, you know? And that was my out. That was like, okay, as long as I keep learning shit, I don't ever have to put on a uniform again and go run around outside. Oh, big facts. Yeah. So, um, we all know the best bands are born out of, uh, kind of just, uh, relinquishing to it. <laughs> yeah. Just, the, just allowing it to happen. Yeah. Um, no. And then when I was, uh, I, in my, in high school, my senior year of high school, I fucking hated high school, man. I just hated school. I wanted to get out of there. So I, uh, more facts I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was just a really shy, nervous kid. Um, I still am that way, but, uh, what the fuck was I going to say? God damn it. Um, oh yeah. And then, so when I was in high school, I ended up doing like a bunch of online school. So I only really had to show up to class for one class for first period. And then I would go home and, uh, record like uh, my dad got me, uh, I had like a test cam 1082, like a, a eight channel thing and Cubase. And that was what I would do. I would just go to economics class and then come home and record for eight hours a day. And, uh, I, that was actually when I ended up finding out about, Oh no, actually that's kind of a funny story. <laughs> How I even met Casey run away with it. Uh, so Casey, Casey is my cousin. Yeah, I'm sorry. Is this too much of a tangent? No, no, no. I, is... I think I pretty much said everything about, you know, how I started playing music. The rest kind of falls into place. We're going to touch on your relationship to Casey anyway. So you're kind of just, you're doing the host job for us. So we're just going to take a nap and you can just. Oh, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> no, I just thought this, this always, this story genuinely trips me up. It's just one of those life is so fucking funny uh, <laughs> moments. But when I was in middle school i was a huge huge fucking coheed and cambria fan and uh it was like right after um in keeping secrets came out and i was geeking out with it with my best friend and we were on cobalt and calcium which was like the fan th fan forum forum what the fuck i can't say fan forum Bleh. <laughs> it was yeah yeah cobalt's kind of uh transitioned to facebook now but they're still pretty active Huh, interesting. Um, yeah. I, I have this weird thing where as soon as I lose interest in something, it's gone. Like, it, they don't do it anymore. Like, I, haven't, I don't listen to Cody and Camry anymore, so in my head, they're like, it, like they're, or I, I haven't gone on Cobalt and Calcium, so in my head, it just doesn't exist. You missed out on their best album, The Color Before the Sun. Yeah, I, out, Steve. I, yeah, that's a whole other story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Steve and I would argue about that the entire episode if you let us. So. Oh, okay. This is now the Cohen and Cambria podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but so I was way in, and we were on a, we were on Cobalt and Calcium and um, this, somebody shared planning a prison break, break by the receiving of the sirens, Casey's old band. And, uh, I, I fell in love. I was like, this is a fucking really cool band. Uh, and I showed my dad and my dad was like, that's your cousin. <laughs> and you didn't I didn't even like, realize that it was, no, <laughs> I, I never really met him. He was, you know, he moved to the East coast when I was a tiny child. He's, uh, eight years older than me. Um, I'll say that much. Uh, and then 
so when I was in middle school, he was in trios and like eighth grade, ninth grade. Um, but yeah. And, and my dad's like, no, seriously, that's your cousin. Uh, and I couldn't believe him. I thought he was fucking with me. And then they came around. What the fuck was that tour called? The taste of chaos. I think it was, um, and trios was playing and my dad got us tickets and we, and then I met Casey and I was like, totally just like what the fuck (laughs) why haven't you told me this before and my dad didn't know to my dad's knowledge casey had moved to the east coast to go work with computers that was the last thing he had heard of casey from uh from his aunt casey's mom i thought he hated technology no he's like the most techno savvy guy i know between him and his dad what do you get the idea he hates technology I don't know, just from just from me talking to him, I, I know that he can I know he's from what I've heard and seen, he's really good with after effects and like premiere and all that. But I feel like he's the kind of guy just from speaking to him that he just wants things to work so he can do his thing. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not gonna speak for him, but I think that he's he's way into tech. Like anything whatever the, the newest techest thing is he, he has. <laughs> or he has to have, you know? down to like crazy baby monitors and, and stuff like that like they just uh you know he i think he just really is fascinated by technology but uh it's a, a weird takeaway from this um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? Oh, fuck. We, we were at the point where you you met casey in trails. oh yeah so so i met casey and then um then as i kind of you know was getting ready to graduate high school uh, he moved back to California and it was kind of one of those, uh, we, I, I, you know, I started to connect with him a little bit more. Um, I would go over to his house and he would teach me, you know, recording stuff. And, uh, I would, I like to think I was helping, but it was more just like he would show me, okay, here's how you trigger drums. And then I would trigger drums for a record he's working on. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like when you uh, you're forced to have your brother play a PlayStation with you, and you just give him the unplugged controller. Yeah, it's that's kind of in retrospect <laughs> what it was. Um, but in my head, I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm like an engineer now." <laughs> uh, no, and then as I was getting ready to graduate high school and all that, he was like, "So you know, have you thought about?" I was getting ready to like gear up and go to Berkeley and all this stuff, and. Uh, and he was like, you know, you don't need to go to school for music, man. Um, have you thought about touring? And at the time, his bass player had just quit. Uh, Nate, I think his name was. And he was like, just come out on this. It's our first headliner tour. And this was in like 2010. And I graduated high school in 2009. Um, and he's like, just come out on this tour. See if it's something that you're interested in. Maybe you could start your own band and all this stuff. And... Uh, the first tour was real rough. <laughs> was it a van tour or was it a bus tour? It was a bus or a, a van tour. Sorry, uh, we didn't get the bus until pretty recently. Um, no, it was a it was a van tour, and this is back with uh, like Cerna and Josh Rowe. Uh, they were on guitar and I was on bass, but it, it was rough in the sense that I just wasn't mature enough really to be out there, uh, and so I I loved it. I loved it, but I I couldn't come out of my shell and uh it just yeah i don't know i was surrounded by a bunch of people that were much older than me and uh i just i didn't fit (laughs) i didn't fit the bill and so we finished up the tour and then when the next tour came around casey was like yeah we're gonna go with this guy for bass and they did uh that was the uh i want to i can't remember what tour that was but the, uh connor our 
our old uh, tour manager or he was tour managing and then he moved up to base and I stayed home and did the uh, the lifetime fan mail thing uh, or not fan mail but the lifetime pass thing because we had just started right. that um, and that became my responsibility and it was sort of like with the option of coming back out on the road on the table but not right away you know but they only did the one tour without me and then uh josh and eric quit the band so connor moved to guitar uh we found we or um nick crescenzo found nick solicito to fill in on bass we had never met him before but he uh he had known nick and yeah and then the spot was open for kind of like a guitar keyboard sort of thing uh and so i came back out and the rest is as they say so while while you were kind of taking that little uh hiatus from from touring uh were you like working on your your kind of stage presence or your confidence or because you, you said that you felt a little or i gathered you felt a little unconfident or at least kind of uh, threatened or yeah yeah i i think it was it was more just i, I was focusing on my band kind of thing um and this was around the time that archetype said would have started because you started that in 2011 right yeah <clears throat> this was exactly the, the time that oh, okay. so if i remember i might get my dates wrong but if i remember that first tour i did was in like august of 2010 and then in winter of 2010 they went out and did that th- i think it was like porcupine tree or something like that yeah it was uh, uh, porcupine tree and i think coheed actually yeah 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 um and so they did that tour and then i came back in early 2011 for like the next thing uh, but yeah, so in that kind of winter time is when I started making, I mean, I've always been making solo stuff, but just actually trying to make a band out of it. Uh, I don't know that I did anything to like prepare for coming back. I didn't know if I was coming back. It was more just, it was just being an immature 18 year old. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. It was more that our personalities weren't mixing cause they were like 25 I think more than it was, uh, I think I played fine. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. So the experience was more like personality wise, less like music wise. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That, okay. That's what I mean. I just kind of grew up a little bit, you know, moved out of the house, that kind of thing. Uh, it moved out of the parents' house. It, that, it just grew up a little bit in that short amount of time to be able to actually, you know, be f- friends with people that are much older than me. Uh, yeah. So do you think in retrospect it was worth having that kind of rough experience? Oh, I think definitely. And um, I I also just found that now I, I've, I surround myself with people that are older than me. I don't have any friends my own age. Um, but I just had to, felt like I had to grow up fast. And so I kind of skipped out on a lot of that, like 19, 20 year old bullshit uh and just started pretending like i was 30 (laughs) uh in fact i'm wearing a hat right now that my friend got me that says best grandpa ever i just sort of you know i don't know mature is not the word because i'm definitely not mature but uh well there's like a there's a wisdom not wisdom fuck i don't have any well okay not not wisdom not wisdom in the traditional sense like you you mentioned like you mentioned like moving out and how that's that was kind of a I'm guessing like personal turning point for you as far as like solidifying your, your adult personality and kind of, I think it is for everyone. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that's, that's kind of a a rite of passage in a certain sense. Yeah. Um, it was just, yeah, it it was totally just that little. And I think most people do grow up pretty fast when they make that change. Um, I think some people just, 
wait too long to do that or can't or you know are in the financial situation that they just can't uh yeah i think i when i when i mentioned wisdom i don't really i mean like sage like wisdom. i meant like getting knocked on your ass so much that you just kind of learn how to knock it knocked on your ass i think that's in its own way wisdom it's not that you learn to not get knocked on your ass i think i think you just learn to deal with getting knocked on your ass you know and not not have a fucking meltdown every time uh i'm I'm known for my meltdowns Uh, do you want to do you want to talk to us about it i already pay somebody to talk about (laughs) we were were hoping to get a little bit of money out of you because we are bleeding our finances oh shit um man that would be funny (laughs) oh man if you if you had a podcast that you make money off of and you're also like uh you're you're a therapist and you're just exposing your clients deepest darkest secrets for a podcast did we not tell you we're gonna bill you after this oh well (laughs) i don't have any money so there was this uh, interviewer, I forgot her name, but she was famous because she was able to interview someone, get them so comfortable that they just divulged their deepest, darkest secrets on her show in front of like a live studio audience. I'm sorry. I totally just vapor locked for a second. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I just, I do this. Casey calls it vapor locking. I don't know if that's an actual term for it. Uh, he coined it because I, I don't know what it is, but I fucking space out. I'm total space cadet. I just stare off into the center distance and a noise just becomes a muffled. So I'm sorry. I missed what you just said. I, I might do that a couple more times. That's fine. <laughs> um, no, but I was, what I was saying was that uh, I, saw, I saw something. I forgot this girl's name. I was learning about it when I took a radio class back in high school. But um, she was so good with her interviews that she would be able to uh, get her guests so comfortable that in front of a live studio audience, she could get her guests like open up for her, just like give her, her their deepest, darkest secrets and have it on the air, like live. Yeah, I mean, that, that kind of sort of um, like re- relationship advice, talk shows, all that kind of stuff have always been around. I just think it would be funny to un like unbeknownst to the person seeing the therapist that it's a totally just dumb hypothetical thing don't they'll be they'll be on with dr phil they'll give a little rant and they'll be sent to the ranch yeah well okay so at this at this point uh, i mean we can we continue with the therapy session but uh so so we kind of established kind of how you started music uh we we touched briefly on archetype set which i I don't i don't know if we mentioned in the the intro but you do have a side project called am i pronouncing it right archetype set yeah, you can call it whatever you want. Not not uh, to be confused with the identical band called Archetype Set with a, with an H at the end. I don't I don't know if you've heard of them. Arch. Yeah, it's a, it's the same it's the same fucking band. I just everyone kept calling it Archetype Set, and I was like, it's Archetype Set. So Wait, so that's H. that's the exact it same is, band. It <laughs> yeah, it's the same. Did you not know that? Holy I thought you shit, were being no. facetious. We, we were doing interview. <laughs> we were doing we were doing research before this, and I I told Rue that your band's called Archetype Set, and he accidentally looked up Archetype Set, and I was like, no, 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 that's not it. That's a totally different thing. He's like, are you sure? Because this kind of sounds like. I was like, no, it's the other thing. <laughs> So we completely nope. threw that to the side. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's the same band. I literally just, uh, I dropped the H at a certain point because I was getting frustrated that no one was saying my band name, right? But it was totally my fault because I just, anyone would look at that and be like, Arch, you know? Yeah. But yeah, well, it's kind of like Arc, Arc Wizard or Arc Mage. Like, it's... Uh, yeah. It was more that I, I was uh, thinking I was being really clever and I split up the word archetype and typeset. So it was this, like... 
oh, you are set in the ways that you were born with, and uh, just really dumb, heady, 17-year-old shit. That's, that's deep. Uh, that's deep. Yeah, super deep. <laughs> it's like that, what is that subreddit? I'm 14 and this is deep. Yeah. That's totally what the name so. is. Uh, but it's just sort of, it stuck with me, and I, I ended up just kind of keeping it. But that's why it had the R, the H in it. Uh, was because I just literally split the word in half and took out the e. Well, that's good because uh, knowing uh, that the 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 things on your Bandcamp, which is under Arch typeset, and then the things that you have on like the other streaming platforms like Spotify is under Arch typeset. They're kind of completely different styles, so it, it was kind of easy to they, like to me. They didn't sound like the same thing. So interesting. Uh, I guess, yeah, you're really kind of exploring some different mediums, like coming at huh. them from like looking at them like they're two different bands. They com- they were completely indistinguishable from each other, or I'm sorry, completely distinguishable. I could see that because uh, when I dropped the H, I gained band members. So the first... So you had to trade the, the H for band members. I did. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I gotcha. sold my H to buy band members. That, that's what uh, you paid them with. You paid them in just pieces of broken H. <laughs> paid them in H? I paid them in heroin? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no. uh, for one member... Yeah. Uh, no, that's dark. <laughs> it's true. It's true, but dark. Uh, I didn't pay him in heroin. He just did a lot of heroin. Uh, <laughs> this um, continues to turn into a therapy session. Yeah, Wait, didn't we, have another, didn't we have another guest who went on a rant about heroin? I uh, think I, I think in all of our interviews we've mentioned heroin. I don't know why. <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> I'm sure with Gavin, it was just like the opioid. Gavin knows too much about current affairs and he knows, you know what I mean? He just makes you feel dumb all the time. He'll give you like 18 perspectives from, you know, just something as simple as the, o- not simple, Jesus. But if you were to bring up the opioid crisis, Gavin would have like a fucking affidavit prepared, <laughs> you know? I find that I'm, I'm kind of a similar way. I, I always over talk. Yeah, I always overthink and over talk and I'm I'm that guy who's at a party. I'm that guy who's at a party and I instantly kill the vibe because someone mentioned something. I'm like, well, that's funny, but actually and then I go into like a dissertation and Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm that actually that that guy. I wish I was that guy. I've always wanted to be that guy. I'm fascinated by watching people that are that way talk. Like I could sit and watch Kevin and Casey talk for hours because they're both just fucking so smart. Uh, and quick and they know a lot about things that I don't so I feel like I'm I, anytime I watch them have a conversation if it's about something and not just jokes I honestly feel like I'm I never went to college but it feels like I'm watching a, a lecture or something you know mm. like I'm learning a lot um, yeah I'm exactly the same it's like I love to listen yeah more than I like to speak yeah I I, I think I jump in and out it depends on how much booze I've had uh <laughs> Oh, we're, we're all smash drunk, by the way. So I hope you are, just so we can level the playing field. Yeah, this, this tea is laced with heroin, too. <laughs> it's sober October, first day. Oh, damn, we messed it up already. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> I have so much liquor next to me from my birthday. I, people just got me so many bottles of alcohol, and I'm like, I'm not an alcoholic. I don't know what I'm going to do with all this. I am. Like, Send them to me. 95% of these bottles are... <laughs> we will bring them on the tour. When you come to New no, York, I'll come over, I'll bring a bottle of Woodford Reserve, and we'll crack it open. Let's do it. Oh yeah, uh, we. I don't know if you heard, but Rue is coming down from uh, the UK for the. No New way, dude! Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. So, so now we have somebody from the UK flying out for the tour. We have is that girl really coming from Israel? Do you guys know anything about yes, that? Yes, that's uh, Hila. She's Hila. From- Hila. That's so yeah, fucking cool. That's crazy, man. It's it's pronounced. It's spelled like Hila, but it's pronounced like with an inflection on the A. So it's like Hila. 
Hila. I've I've talked to her at length, and she's always she's always correcting my pronunciation of Israeli words. So, or not Israeli words, Hebrew words. That's I yeah. I just assumed it was like Ethan and Hila from the the H uh, three yeah H three yeah yeah different uh, pronunciation. But yeah, she is she's coming down. We we raised money for man, her to come, and she's God. She's got her. Visa. She'll actually be in Chicago with me. So Rue will be in New York with Steve. Hila will be in uh, Chicago with me. So that's awesome, man. That's so cool. It's fucking crazy that people drive these insane distances and fucking fly out to shows wild has that has that been surprising for you kind of coming uh i mean this this being kind of your first like major as far as i can gather your first major touring band and stuff like that are you kind of it's my only major touring band <laughs> well I, I didn't want to presume but uh, no no it is it, uh does it the, the how kind of ravenous the fans are sometimes how like die hard i mean we're doing this so i guess that yeah. kind of illustrates <laughs> i went through a little phase uh, after I had been in the band for a couple of years, because it's been fucking almost ten years now. Um, Jesus, <laughs> hold on, having a meltdown. Uh, okay, we're we're billing you extra now. Uh, I was like, no, I, I went through a little phase after being in the band for a couple of years, and I was, I don't know, like twenty one, twenty two, fucking idiot, and I sort of started to take it for granted and sort of expect it. You know the 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 generosity of just deer hunter fans and uh and after a couple years of that it really hit me it was like no this is really fucking special (laughs) like not a lot of people get to do this don't take this shit for granted uh and so yeah now it i'm back to constantly being just amazed that people show up and i get to be a part of it It's, it's cool man I don't know if that's like too uh, emotional. No, of that's an answer, that's a great answer. It's awesome. We were talking to Gavin uh, during his interview, and he was talking about how uh, one thing that he hates is that when the bands do these like summer camps or whatever, and uh, they're talking about how okay, when you get the venue filled with like five hundred people, and they're like, well, how do you get those people to the venue? And there's like such a disconnect between like the bands who have made and the bands who are still kind of like starting out. Yeah, I think like it's like ninety five percent luck, you know. At least from what I've gathered uh, in my limited knowledge of the music industry is it's just like you could be the best fucking band, man, and have five followers. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it just takes to know that like one person that could really just kind of spread you out through all their connections. Yeah, and I just think there's so much of it now. Like, um, that's just music. I mean, that's where I am. I am about the tangent. Is that okay? Absolutely. Yeah. We would be offended if you didn't. <laughs> That's where I am with uh, with my music, with archetype set stuff. Is I've since my last record that I put out, um, the So It Goes one, or it's just an EP. Uh, I've written and recorded two other records that I just by the time or written and demoed, and then by the time it went to go into the studio, I was like, I don't know if this is worth it. Like, there's so many fucking bands. There's so much new music. It's exhausting to me. And to just throw my shit into the mix uh, doesn't... I can't... I'll probably change my mind on it at some point, but right now I just can't fathom it. I'd rather just record music for me. So (laughs) I'm working on another album that I probably won't release. I just write music because it's fun for me. Uh, I so you're like you're like George Lucas. George Lucas made a bunch of films just for himself, and then never. Released <laughs> I, I never thought I'd want to be compared to George Lucas, but uh, <laughs> well, in in few contexts is it acceptable? But no, yeah, and uh, you know, I just can't imagine re- being a new band right now. That seems 
so scary. Um, it is. Like, it's very scary. Like how how the fuck do you compete with? There's a new hot band every day, and then they you know they come out with one single, and then they're forgotten about the next day. Uh, it's just exhausting, man. I don't. I, I don't know where the industry is heading because it's it feels like oversaturation, you know. It just feels like there's so much music that if you're banking on it, and no, this sounds like I'm just crushing people's hopes now. Um, <laughs> no, it's 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 good to have that kind of advice for people who are kind of thinking about trying to get into the music business or kind of have lofty goals or aspirations. You know, it's kind of nice to have I guess, that dose of reality. What I what I what I mean, what I'm trying to say um, is that unless you are doing it completely out of love, I don't see the point in it anymore. Ten years ago, I could be like, "Yeah, I see the point." You're like, "You're not really into it, but you're making money and you've got a successful band." Like, might as yeah, well. Yeah, you got a cousin it. that's already famous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I just mean like, uh, just because there's so fucking much of it right now that if 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 it's not making me happy and it doesn't make me happy to put out records that nobody listens to, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it makes me happy to make them. So sure. I just make them and I just make, I think I sent Steve or somebody just like, I yeah. just hounded him with yeah, a bunch Steve of stuff. Yeah, Steve sent a stockpile of stuff uh, he told us right before the show. I was like, oh, come on, man. You should have shared it. I know. Fuck you guys. <laughs> I told you guys when he was sending, I'm like, oh, Max sent me all this shit. And you're like, okay. Hey. <laughs> no, I mean it is it is shit. I, that's just honestly, it makes me no, so it was fucking. Great. It was awesome. I, I, it's like my favorite thing to do is sit and write these dumb like thirty second jingles. <laughs> I don't no, know you why. Sent, you sent me this one song that was really cool. It was like a like a rock and roll sounding thing, and I could hear the vocals on it. We can use it for the podcast. Yeah, that's that's why I started sending him. I was just gonna send him one, and then I opened up the folder, and I literally have fucking hundreds of these things. <laughs> and I was just like clicking on random ones and sending them to him. Um, I don't necessarily think it's like mutually exclusive to either make like a bunch of music you enjoy or make music that kind of resonates with people. Like if you look at like an artist like Buckethead, he's put out what like four hundred albums. And most of them are in the last five years or something like that. Like, I, I could, I could listen to Buckethead's music nonstop. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait! I need, I need to like rewind. Buck, he, he, up, he made like 400 uh, yeah. albums, like full lengths. Go, go, go! Look up, go look up Buckethead on Wikipedia right now. He has like five hundred albums, and like one year he came out with like sixty. He puts out so much music that it's just, it's almost impossible to even listen to everything he's ever put out. So it's almost like he's making it yeah. for himself, but he's still kind of having some amount of commercial success or, or uh, you know, acclaim or something like that. And I'm not, not saying that, like, just making music for yourself and putting it out there is going to, like, earn you, you know, a bunch of followers and fans. But, I mean, I, I think you can do both making music for yourself and then just kind of dumping it out there. And, you know, maybe maybe people will hear it. Maybe they won't. I, I think, you know, with the Deer Hunter having so many, like, diehard fans, I know a lot of us would love to hear some stuff. I know you don't want to kind of leverage that, but... Yeah, I, I've always felt really weird about that, the, like, Max from the Deer Hunter. <laughs> you know, like, um, I remember Casey was so mad uh when act one came out and it said like from the receiving end of sirens he's like i don't want to use that man like but yeah i mean if people like the music they like the music i just know from personal experience uh with my music that it, it's objectively unlikable <laughs> um i enjoyed it and the people that do enjoy it is fucking awesome and it blows my mind that anybody does but it's a very few and far between 
Um, well, keep in mind your fan base is like your fan base is kind of like that, you know. You have a very you have a very eclectic fan base. Listen to all sorts of things. I mean, I was shocked looking into the fan base, seeing the amount of people that listen to like Whitechapel and stuff like that. And we're talking about the album when it came out. Yeah, yeah. I I I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to speak for any of my sure. future endeavors because I might change my mind and just put out fucking six albums. Well, you know, what you could also do you could make like an alter ego and just start dropping music like anonymously and just different different genres, different corners of of the music world, and just see what picks up, what doesn't. I had this idea that I really wanted to do, but I don't know anything about fucking website design or coding or anything like that. Uh, but I had an idea that was sort of like, um, you know, hit record. Yeah. Uh, Levitt's website, Joseph Gordon Levitt's. Yeah. It's really weird because every time I see him post something, he's like, take a picture of something green and post it here. And I'm like, are, are you in any movies? I didn't really use it. Uh, but I wanted to, I want there to be a website for people like me that can just sort of share these dumb ideas and then people can take them and like buy them from you or trade them for you or whatever for an h yeah trade them for an h (laughs) uh no like like somewhere that i could upload these these dumb jingles and anyone can take them and make them into a song and there are there are websites like that actually there are websites like that yeah i made a documentary and i had to go and use some of that some of it's open source but um on those same websites you can they'll they'll give you a snippet of the music and you can buy a a license for you know depending on the type well fucking send me a link bro I'll figure it out. I gotta. I'll have, I'll have Craig look that up and, and send it right over. Oh yeah, what the fuck am I doing this work, Craig? Come on, put it up. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll figure out what it was because I, I used it for that documentary I made, and I, I can't remember what the URL was. But I, I feel like it's fairly. I don't have any fine. fucking original thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I dang it! I kind of oh. crushed your dreams again. No, it's okay. I was never gonna make it. It's the same way like my dream is to make a video game, but I've resigned that I'm never gonna make a video game. So, um, yeah. Well, I guess kind of a similar question to what we asked Gavin, because I, I thought his answer was interesting, too. Like, if you had an unlimited budget or at least no resource constraint or time constraint, what what would you do creatively that would be, like, the most fulfilling artistically for you? Uh, it's going to sound like I'm copying Gavin now, but uh, VR, <laughs> hands down. I would make... I would love to make a fucking VR game and to do the music for it and and uh but I don't want any part in <laughs> the grunt work. I would <laughs> my my dream is to be like a Hideo Kojima where I can just flaunt into a room and be like make me this, make me this, make it do that. Make it do, you know um I think it's more of a Randy Pitchford, but still, yeah, kind of just hire a bunch of people to do it and then just kind of handle the top. Yeah, but I could just kind of tell them what I want. Um, yeah, unlimited budget. I would I would just, yeah, I'd fucking buy Squaresoft or something. I'm not called Squaresoft anymore. Square. Square Enix. Um, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and I would just make VR games. That sounds like so much fucking fun. I wish I could play VR more. I don't have a PC, and uh, it <laughs> makes me nauseous after like ten minutes. But I think it's a fascinating, fascinating medium. It's it's so cool. I saw a VR game recently that I've been really kind of taking a deep dive into, like watching videos of. It. It's called like Sword and Shield or something, or Blade and Shield, or it's like um, it's a hyper realistic like battle. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Simulator. The, uh, the yeah. Yeah, it's it's really really fascinating to watch. It, it's the only thing I've ever seen that made me want to get VR because it looks so kind of next level engaging. I can't I can't remember what it's called. I think it's like Blade and Shield or something. A lot of the like um, the shooting simulators and shit are just so cool. I'm kind of I don't know if this is like a 
unpopular thing to say in a in a music what? podcast. But I one of my biggest hobbies is is shooting. I love shooting. What guns? And yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of it, it's really weird because I have a lot of friends who are like that too in New York, where like guns are very very much not liked. Yeah, but like if you go to a range, you know, it's fun. Yeah, I live out in the boonies, so I just go to the the hills. But um, just go to your backyard, yeah. Uh, a lot of people do that here. They have shooting ranges in their backyards. Um, yeah, and so the the VR application of that, I think it tickles that bug when I don't want to spend like two hundred dollars on ammunition to go out and shoot for fucking two hours <laughs> and drive forty five minutes away and drive forty five. You know, to I that stuff is just so cool to me. I don't know. I forgot what I was talking about. We were talking about VR, and then I got distracted with guns. Yeah, we, we always kind of go off on tangents. We don't need to talk about guns. By the way, that game is called Blade and Sorcery. For anyone who has VR and wants to check it out, it looks phenomenal. It's called Blade and Sorcery. But yeah, we usually kind of have notes of where we want to take things, and then like halfway through, we just ball them up and, and let it flow the way it wants to. Steve, did you have some things you want to touch on? Or really quick, sorry, Steve. Um, have I... Have I answered any of your questions, or have I just been rambling? You're doing great. <laughs> I'm trying to. Well, we've we've kind of we kind of intentionally kept this a bit more free form because uh, we we don't we don't we don't want it to be so kind of clunky like a like a interview type thing. Um, yeah. No. 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 I get that. I just also <laughs> I I'm curious if I've if I've answered any of your questions or if I should go back and answer. Well, what I was going to say was that uh, I don't have any questions because Max has been answering them. <laughs> yeah, like I said, you're kind of doing oh, the okay, host cool. job. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, One thing I do want to touch upon, though, we've been uh, we've we've been doing this kind of more uh, recently. But um, I asked, actually, I asked you this in uh, when you were in all, when you were in New York for All's All Should Be, and I think you completely misconstrued what I said. But uh, what do you do for uh, what's your guitar tech? Like, what are your tones? I know live, you guys started using the Line Six Helix. But uh, what's your typical go-to uh, pedal chain for recording and writing and influencing your styles? So uh, the Helix is kind of a funny story. It was a tour where I just everything everything on my fucking pedal board was breaking. It was like <laughs> every show was a patch cable or it was the bad power or something noisy and uh, blah blah. And I was I had to end up like just jacking straight in half the time, um, and then. I wanted to get like some kind of em, you know uh, not emulator but uh yeah um but uh, the Kemper that's what I was thinking. I wanted to get the Kemper but didn't have the budget for it. Um and then we were out and Casey actually bought me the Helix and then I paid him back uh on the road so that I just wouldn't have to worry about my pedal board breaking all the time and I fucking fell totally in love. I've sold all my pedals. I don't have any pedals anymore. I just use my Helix. Um, oh, so everything for the albums now is going to be completely digital moving forward? No. Um, Case has got a bunch of pedals. Uh, <laughs> but for me and for the way that I've never been a huge tone junkie. I care about my tone. Um, but I'm not the kind of guy that's like going to really put all of this effort to get like the most analog natural tone. If it sounds nice to me, it sounds nice. And I don't care how I get there. Um and the helix to me has just been the easiest way to get there <laughs> you know mm. to it, it it does the thing i want it to do uh live and then for you know my solo recordings and stuff but on records i'm sure i'll fuck around with pedals because there's time to sit and really really detail on a record and that's kind of the fun of making a record but to me the fun of playing live is not the tone it's 
it's get get the tone there and then have fun playing the music i don't like to like obsess over it while i'm playing i know a couple players like that where they're like i just can't play my tone's not right my tone and it's like it sounds fucking fine play the song <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know i mean there's definitely good and bad tones but yeah the helix is my go-to now man i, I love it i've I, don't, I didn't sell all my pedals i have a couple that I really don't. I, they sit in a box, and I have them for emotional value. But like a boss metal that, zone, you can never get rid of that. <laughs> I never got the metal zone. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I've got like a the the original Diamond Memory Lane. Oh, uh, and yeah, that was the first pedal I ever bought. So it's kind of. Uh, what else do I have? Let me look at my drawer. <laughs> I think that might be it. Oh, and a fucking polytune. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Oh. Uh, sorry. I know that's kind of a people like to. No, I think that's really cool because you you did get some uh, you do get some really cool tones on uh, on the albums, whether it be the axe or as all as all should be. Oh, actually, so uh, on all as all should be is all helix. It's all di'd helix, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah, I, I was able to kind of hear that. I know, but for uh, for act five uh for the tones for the most cursed of hands uh yeah yeah i thought that that song specifically for some reason just really resonated with me in terms of the guitar tones that you that you uh guys used yeah that was uh mostly casey uh are you talking about the bomb 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 like that that guitar line no even like the uh intro where it's just the uh the very clean twangy sound to it oh yeah yeah that was a uh just a like a taylor short scale i think well, since you're kind of like uh, since you're kind of like an equipment minimalist, would you say you enjoy more like because um, you said you record a bunch of music for yourself? But like, what? <laughs> Sorry, in Solicito, it cracks me up that you're uh, you said equipment minimalist because there's like a running joke that he doesn't think is a joke, but we find it hilarious that every every tour he tries to make his rig smaller and lighter, like. <laughs> When Casey was building him a base, the one of the main things Nick cared about was how light he could make it. <laughs> like, <laughs> shave off every piece of wood you can to make this uh, as light as humanly possible. And, like, his head, his base head keeps getting smaller and smaller. <laughs> the uh, I don't know. It's just funny. I, I remember, uh, I know I see him constantly buying and selling pedals. Like, he bought, he bought this one pedal, I forgot what it was, and he was so excited to use it. And then four months later, he's selling it. I'm like, what, is it not treating you well? He's like, no, I love it. I'm like, why are you selling it then? He's like, I don't know. Yeah, well, well when he first joined the band, and for a couple of years before that and after that his job was just buying and selling gear he made all of his money on fucking craigslist he would buy gear play it be like all right i'm bored sell it for you know more than he got it for jesus and yeah that's just how he made a living was just fucking craigslist he still is just addicted he's always looking at deals any city we're in he'll just be like hey anyone want to buy this (laughs) like (laughs) um, i imagine him going out there with a trench coat just opening it up and there's a bunch of pedals in there no he's he's gotten a couple (laughs) craigslist buys on the road he'll and he'll like obsess over it too for like days he'll look forward to uh to like a show that's coming up and he'll look at that town's Craigslist, and for like a couple of days, you'll see him kind of looking at his phone, and he's like, "Oh man, I want, I, sh- I want to get this, but how would I? How would we keep it in the trailer? Is it too big? Is it, you know, like, uh, there was some piano at some point that he was like, "Fuck, I'm really close to getting uh, that." I think it was um, the, uh, was it a Wurlitzer? Yeah, I think it was a Whirly. Um, but yeah, it, it cracks me up though. I think that on the other end is just Gavin fucking with him like he did with his Craigslist escapades. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Gavin... Uh, fuck, man. <laughs> He's just... Good talk. He can't... He can't not prank. He's just always... He calls it blazing, but it's it's prank. <laughs> it's the funniest shit in the world. Um, but man, he is fucking ruthless. He, uh, oh man, I kind of want to tell you one, but I don't know. No, I don't know if I should. That's what I mean. That's okay. As a good host, I will pivot. Okay, I, I don't want to get Gavin in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about you kind of recording music for yourself and, and you know, it, even kind of bring this into Gavin, you guys kind of having fun on tour. Would you say that you would prefer to be like recording or touring? Like which, which one of those would you say, like if you had to choose one or the other, do you prefer to kind of be creative uh, while recording had... or be like expressive while uh, playing live? If you have, uh, uh, what was I going to say? I totally lost my train of thought. Uh, yeah, if you had asked me before this hiatus, thing that we unfortunately did uh or unexpectedly did i guess i should say um then i would have said recording hands down 110 percent. but i am so itching to go back out right now it's like all i can think about i miss it so much and i was it, i thought i was not liking it anymore for a bit there i was like i don't know if this is for me anymore like the leaving and you know miss my wife and my dog and that kind of thing and then then this and it clicked and i was like oh yeah no you you love this this is fucking awesome <laughs> you're lucky to have this don't sulk um but yeah so right now touring 110 percent. but i i and love this this tour is kind of a weird one to start um, back on too because it's it's so abbreviated in a certain sense but it's also almost so, so much yeah, more intensive it's, it it's short long yeah <laughs> it's short long um it's still like the same length as a normal tour, but we're visiting so few cities. Right. And I think that's going to be, I'm so stoked on that, man. I wish we were going to more cities for two days uh, because I don't, I, well, just, just show up. Now what I'm are they going like to kick you out? Just show up and start playing in a corner somewhere. No, I don't, I'm going to sound like a hypocrite, but it makes sense. I don't like any cities. There's no city that I'm like, oh, I love that city. There's cities I know that I hate for sure. Um, one of them is New York. <laughs> well, now you got to say which um, one it is. No. Oh. Uh, we'll get you. It's okay. We'll, we'll circle back to it. I'll offense teeth. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I know New York is. I'm pretty self-aware. No, I, I hate I hate New York, man. I hate LA. Fucking. I, I grew up in Southern California, and that whole just Southern California, I am so over. What did you think of the UK when you came down? I love the UK, man. I'd go there tomorrow. Scotland was my favorite. I fucking love Scotland. But um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. I don't like... There's no cities that I like because I we've never really had time to do anything in them. It's kind of like you show up, you load in, you fart around for 30 minutes before sound check. You do sound check. You set up merch. You sit at the door. You maybe go out to dinner, you play the show, you get in the bus, and you fucking leave. There's no, like, exploring the city. Unless you have a day off, but days off are usually in the middle of fucking nowhere. And you're staying at some Ramada Inn, and uh, it, it's just boring. So this one probably will be exciting for you then, because you get to yeah, stay... Yeah, no, it's super exciting. We get to stay in each, in each city for two nights. So, you know, after the initial setup and shit... It's like I get I get two days to explore and actually have an opinion of these cities rather than just uh, know that I've been there. Well, it's, <laughs> it's a good so thing. Confusing. It's a good thing you're not coming to Ohio because we would we would sorely disappoint you. But uh, I know when you guys come to Chicago, I think you have a few days before you have to head to New York. Um, the day after your uh, 
I think what's is Satio the 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 full band show? <laughs> the wrong person to ask i think so <laughs> i should know this uh, this is i can't even pronounce the fucking name of the tour uh, but anyway the, the night after you guys do that uh, the family crest is doing a uh, a kind of reimagining of romeo and juliet's the next night in chicago that a, a lot of us from the group are going to so i don't know if you guys have time to explore hunter or, hunter uh, hunter i'm sorry i totally fucking vapor locked again <laughs> what, what, <laughs> what were you just talking about there's a couple well, days off after okay, chicago yeah. so it's like you guys have a few days off after chicago before you have to go to new york if you happen this is to so hang embarrassing around, no that's fine because oh. i get I, I get to talk more and i'm sure everyone is so excited about it but anyway um if you guys stay around in Chicago for a little bit, the Family Crest is doing a uh, kind of musical reimagining of Romeo and Juliet the night after you guys' last show. Um, so if you're going to be in Chicago, a bunch of us are getting together and going to that, and it seems like it'll be very, very exciting because it's the only place they're doing it, the only time they're doing it, and it seems like it'll be fun. So Why can't I remember who the Family Crest is? They were on the uh, the All Is All Should Be tour. I know the name. They have oh, like kind of they like have, a, they have a lot of horns. members. They have all yeah. They have a bunch of members and all the horns and. Oh yeah, they were cool. Um, <laughs> well, I guess that answers that question. That was that was uh, I, no 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 no. That no, was an RSVP. No. No no. It was funny because before the uh, before we recorded, uh, Max was telling us how like it's really hard for him to go out and look for new music. And that, uh, okay, I was just about to to re say that like it's not that. I think they're bad or anything. I, that sounded like I was being sarcastic. I genuinely thought they were good. I just don't listen to new music. Oh, that's no, all. I, that's I all that. that I meant. What What do you listen to? Uh, my go-to that I just put on when I need to have music in my life is really anything by Yoko Kano. She's a um, She's a Japanese composer that <laughs> I'm about to sound like such a fucking weeb. That's right. I'm I'm the resonant weeb here. So, <laughs> okay, yeah, she does. Uh, she's really f- done really fucking famous. I mean, she did Cowboy Bebop. She did Wolf's oh, Rain. Fantastic. Because uh, yeah, that's one of the best That tank. Yeah. Boom. Boom. So that's actually that is a song, and a lot of the songs from the Cowboy Bebop soundtrack are her. She has a band. She has a fucking ripping jazz fusion band called the Seat Belts. Um, oh, and she's just an incredible pianist. Uh, but yeah, really anything by her. I I'm really partial to the Wolf's Rain uh, OST. This, <laughs> this is what I mean by I don't really listen to music. Um, you, you seem to listen to, like a lot of soundtracks and stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely bands I like. Um, uh, I the problem that I get with bands uh, and really just anything in my life, I get obsessed and I go way too hard at that one thing and then I get so sick of it I can never listen to it again you sound like me with the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance I think that's what happened with me and Coheed you know that's why I think I kind of fell off with Coheed because they were like the first band that I ever mine too my, the first album I ever bought was um, Good Apollo Volume 1 and I, I played it until it broke and I've, I've just been obsessed with them for like a decade and and now I can barely listen to them at all the first record I bought was uh, that I just kind of picked out of a store like it was the first record that I I remember it was like FYE and I looked at the the cover and I was like I like this cover I'm gonna buy this CD and it was second stage oh so both our first albums were coming yeah that's yeah so I was fucking not my first album I ever listened to my dad well, the first time you ever one of the, probably the first time I ever bought my own money was Kobe. Yeah, that that I bought with my own money, and that I I picked for me. It wasn't music that somebody right. had showed me. You know, it wasn't my parents' music. It it was 
it was my music it was you know and then i went through a really weird fucking emo phase and it was all like chiotos and we've all been dance there. gavin okay. dance and all that shit uh <laughs> god uh so embarrassing um my chem the used fucking uh oh, i used to be big into the i used to, i used to look like burt mccracken i like dyed my hair black and grew it out and it was just it was did. the worst look for a chubby little kid like it was terrible <laughs> but I, I used to let they they had this uh they had this series of stories called chatham i don't know if you ever got into that with the used but that ca- that kind of character they have with the box head they had a whole series of like short stories about him oh that i was like really obsessed with for a while so that that's actually kind of an interesting point is I can't think of one band where I know or pay attention to anything they do outside of the albums they make. I've never been somebody that cares uh, about like the, the members or their, their extra things if they're not music. Um, so like that, like I, I, I wasn't this man this would have been this would have been back in like uh 2007 yeah i can't remember which album it was they had a character with like a big kind of rectangular box head i don't the, remember the character's name was was chatham but they they wrote this was back in like the myspace like 2006 2007 days they would release like a series of like 50 short stories about him and i was like totally engrossed in that are, are you talking about lies for liars I, I don't remember the name of the album honestly the black hair dye ruined my memory I remember Lies for the Liars or whatever it was called was when I had stopped listening. I, I had crossed the emo threshold at that point. Um, but no, yeah, I just go through cr- crazy phases, man. I uh, There was the emo thing, and then I got really into, like, Sad Bastard, um, like Elliot Smith, Nick Drake, that kind of shit. Um, uh, Jeff Tweedy, you know, cursive. Any, any kind of white sad boy music. Um, <laughs> and then... And then it was it was more like proggy indie bands like the Velveteen and uh, Faircat and shit like that. And uh, but the only constant has been things like uh, soundtracks and Yoko Kano. Like those are things that kind of bridge that gap. And all of those genres I can't really listen to anymore. I just overdid them. Well, maybe maybe it would be better than to redirect and, and instead of asking about music, um, what what things do you enjoy uh, outside of it? I mean, I, I enjoy music. I, I don't want it to seem like I'm a musician that hates music. It's just, I'm, I'm just really stubborn. That's all it is. And I don't like change. But like video, video games, do, are you particularly engrossed in video games or movies or? I'm fucking, I have a video game problem. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, that's one way to put uh, it. It takes up fucking most of my life. I'm surprised my wife deals with it i feel like every time she looks at me i've got a controller in my hands um <laughs> just a really really lazy piece of shit is what again I am. you're in good company. uh no <laughs> so it's the same thing with video games man i i fucking hit a game hard like as soon as i buy it i'm not sleeping for three days and then it ends with me <laughs> it's happened a couple times and it cracks my wife up uh is i'll be playing a game and i'll look at her and I'll be like <laughs> i'm not having fun anymore <laughs> and i just I'll uninstall the game <laughs> it's like in Rick and Morty where he's like, I'm leaving. And she's like, okay, you're always allowed. <laughs> yeah, it's totally that. And she's just like, if you're not having fun, stop playing the game. I'm like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> I'll stop now. I think I'm done with it. Like um, fucking that Spider-Man game that came out. Holy shit. The most fun I've ever, not the most fun, but I was having so much fun for like nine hours. And then there was a hard cutoff. I, it switched to like one of the Mary Jane missions, and I was like, "Nope, I'm done." And I just, you just set the game down and walked away. Just, 
Where do you fall on the console wars? Do you play on like PS4 or 360 or 360? Or I'm sorry, not 360, Xbox One. Whatever. I'm still stuck in the in the past. I never understood the I just don't get brand loyalty at all for anything across the board. Uh but uh what else are you going to argue with strangers on the internet about? I know, right? That's kind of like <laughs> the only point of of having an opinion uh anymore. It's to argue with strangers on the internet. Uh, I have, like I have a beefy computer that I built for playing video games. I haven't played a single game on it in so long, and I just use it for editing and browsing Facebook. Yeah, that's. Uh, never mind. That, that's that's Casey. Casey got this fucking rad gaming rig, uh, and he just uses it for video editing and shit. Um, <laughs> but what was I going to say? I would I would totally go the PC route if I had money. I have I am using right now the same laptop that I bought on the first Deer Hunter tour. Um, it's a 2010 MacBook Pro, and I haven't gotten a new computer since. <laughs> so, um, so you can barely yeah. handle like early RuneScape, like. Yeah, no, it's it's rough, man. I, I put uh, I tried. What did I try to put on here? I boot camped Windows, and I tried to put. I fucking can't remember, but it just bricked my computer. <laughs> just like a really simple game. Um, uh, what was I going to say? But yeah, I would totally play on PC. I I had a roommate once that had an extra gaming laptop, and I was fucking glued to that thing, man. Like Arma 3, I was obsessed with. What would you say your favorite game of all time is, if you had to narrow it down? And you do have to, because I'm making you. Uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. That is an answer. I don't know what it means, but it is an answer. <laughs> Wasn't that the game with the uh, hour and a half cutscenes in it too? Uh, no, that's Metal Gear Solid Four: Guns of the Patriots. Metal Gear Solid is one of my favorite things in the world, and I have a tattoo of it on my arm. Uh, <laughs> I've got a tattoo of the the Elder Scrolls. I'm a big uh, RPG fan, so I play a lot of dude. I don't know what it is, but I cannot get into Bethesda. Any like the Fallout, the Skyrim, the the Elder Scrolls shit. I I get that people like. I, I've it. been a loyalist because the first video game I ever played was Morrowind, and so I've been a Bethesda loyalist because I was so engrossed. I probably put a thousand hours into all the Bethesda games. Like, it is no joke. No, I've tried, and I've I've had friends that are way into it, and I've I've bought like every Bethesda game that's ever come out, and I give them an honest go. But that that style of combat does nothing for me particularly. I don't think they're bad. It's a little floaty, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're bad games at all. It's um, all about the lore, and like the thing with Bethesda games is they start off really, really slow, and they always start off in like some sort of prison. Yeah, yeah, or like I, what was the last one I actually played all the way through? Uh, the Fallout Four one. And Fallout 4 was okay. Yeah, it was fine. It's a shame that's the one you had to play through, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean I played through New Vegas and stuff, but I just New never Vegas fell in was love. Fantastic. I never I never fell in love. I never got it. I don't think they're bad games by any means. They're just not for me. Are you a fan of like RPGs in general? Maybe it's just not your, your cup of Yeah, scene. dude. I fucking I get down hard on mostly like JRPGs, but um like one of my favorite series of all time is the Souls series. Oh, boy. Soulsborne or Soulsborne Sekiro or whatever you want to call it. Bloodborne gave me, like, mad anxiety. I remember I worked in the movie theater when I used to play that. And I, I remember playing it the next day. I went to work, and I was, like, shaking. My friend's like, what's wrong? I'm like, I spent six hours on the first boss, made zero <laughs> progress, kept dying, and the loading screens take fucking 45 seconds. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's they're rough games. They they test your patience, but that's what I fucking love. I love, I love a challenge in video games. Um, don't get me wrong, I love easy games and just hanging back and 
relaxing. Yeah, I'm probably like something more more resembling a casual gamer. I prefer. I don't like like yeah. competitive multiplayer. I kind of like to just go my own pace, chill out. <sighs> I've been really into like um, Subnautica lately. Subnautica's been really fun. Okay, yeah. So some, something, something like that. That's just kind of sandbox, or, or you can kind of make the world your own, or kind of go at it any way you want to. Do you ever play uh, Terraria? No, but I think it's in the same vein as some like Subnautica. Yeah. So it's a side-scrolling Minecraft. I'd have what was the space one that was really good. Uh, you're not talking about No Man's Sky, are you? No, no. There's a no. Terraria is a side-scrolling Minecraft. There, I want to. I'm about to open Steam on this podcast. Um, Steve's just gonna start playing video games. <laughs> imagine, Starbound. That was the game. Starbound. Starbound. Um, it, it's Terraria in space and different planets and shit. Yeah, all that shit's fun. All of that, like Stardew Valley. I I can play those sometimes. They're fun to just space out on. Uh, I so like kind of similarly with with music there are the constants like most games i burn out like i do really hard and then i burn out on uh the only constants that are like oh yeah i can always play that game is anything from the hitman series which might make me sound like a psychopath but oh, uh, i love i love hitman absolutely there's awesome great there's so fun like the newest one dude the hitman 2 it is i haven't there's played so that. many ways to do it <laughs> like to do yeah, the I, thing to I murder people with, <laughs> i got obsessed with absolution for a while because i kept replaying it over and over again just doing it different ways yeah like, man it, the, it's, the it's fucking... such a tiny little thing but it's so rewarding just to yeah and it's, it's the monkey brain in me i'm always looking for that next hit of, of dopamine that that is my favorite uh, like gameplay element is being able to choose the way you do it. I don't like games that make me do the one thing and just repeat the one thing. I like games that make me constantly change the way I think. Yeah, I had, and that, would, I had the problem you know? with Assassin's Creed. Assassin's yeah, Creed. Yeah, same really thing. Dude. Like, I fucking I hate those games because they're really fun for like an for hour. Like three hours, and then, yeah. yeah. And then, <laughs> and you then just do the same the thing most... over and over and over and over and over. It's a say, yeah. Th- that's definitely one of the. I think the last one I tried to play was the Syndicate one, and I think that was one of the games where I looked at my wife and I was like, "I'm not having fun." <laughs> uh, I'm just picturing uh, you just, just screaming, just like a petulant child, and just throwing the controller down. That's more accurate than you would think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it would reminds like me of like, um, God, I. I it reminds me of Mafia 3. I was playing that game, and the way this the game worked is you just did a lot of small missions where you just did a yeah. lot of stealth kills. And yeah, I tried playing quotes. that game. But, like, I, I remember the stealth kills where you just you hide around the corner, and then enemies just magically walk towards you. Yeah, and then you, you just time the button, and you go, okay, cool. I got to do this 19 more fucking times. Uh, yeah, we took out the big boss, and then there's like seven more of them, and I'm yeah. like, I don't want to do this anymore. I waited yeah, that so long game. for this game, and Mafia Two was so good. I those are all of the Mafia series are ones that I give up on because I get I've had fun with all of them, but only for like six hours, and I I play it six hours straight, and I go, ah, this isn't for me. I'm not having fun. Uh, <laughs> when you're not at home and you don't have your your video game systems at your disposal, what like when you're on tour, what do you what do you guys do to to entertain yourself? I play a lot of, uh, oh, so that's kind of a lie, but that's not really, it's not gaming. Uh, like, whatever. (laughs) Being contradicted. I play a lot of, like, NES games on my laptop. It can run those. (laughs) Uh, like on an emulator. Uh, yeah, a lot of, I, I replay a lot of, um, JRPGs, especially, like, the Fire Emblem series. Please tell me Chrono Trigger is there, too. Oh, Chrono Trigger, I think I've played on every tour. 
um final fantasy 6 i think i've played on every tour they're just they're like mindless they're mindless things for me because i i have them memorized you know and they're just kind of like i can have a conversation with you while just grinding characters you know what i mean um but yeah i do that that entertains me a lot um we lately gavin's been any city we're in he's like where's the vr place let's go to the vr place Um, (laughs) there are vr places yeah dude there's like fucking have you not seen the star wars thing i i I live in the middle of nowhere i've never seen anything in my oh man (laughs) uh yeah there's like uh, there's like augmented reality ones where there's like full-on um like a set that is really just gray shit but when you put on the goggles it like it you can interact with objects and shit that you can actually touch in real life and move around in a space uh it's really fuck this sounds amazing shit yeah dude it's now you know why we're just like if you had a million dollars yeah. vr <laughs> uh, i was at uh i was at madame tucson's and uh they have one for ghostbusters where uh, if you like upgrade your ticket, you can actually put on like a backpack, which is the portable laptop, like the computer. Yeah, you put on yeah, the that's goggles, the Star Wars and then one. they give you a gun, and they uh, they give you like audio. But I, when I played it, there was no audio going on, so everyone's scared shitless. And I'm like, why? There's nothing happening. And I played through the entire thing. I'm like, yeah, your thing didn't work. So we're gonna have to send you back through it alone. Yeah, the, I the, is this kind of the same thing with the Star Wars one. You're a stormtrooper, and you're kind of like going through this a scripted story thing. But you're walking around in a space, and you're looking at your friends that are stormtroopers, <laughs> and like you're talking to each other. Really? Uh, and you you have this you have this blaster, and you're fucking fighting monsters. They're not monsters, aliens and shit. I'm such a doe-eyed little country boy. I'm so fascinated by this. <laughs> like, this no, yeah, you, you should definitely look up like look up like augmented reality or uh, any of that kind of stuff. It's it's really fucking fascinating, dude. Um, I saw like this 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 one video. It, it it was a VR. I don't know if you could call it a game, but it was basically where you're at the top of this skyscraper, and you've just got to walk out on like this this short kind of plank, this short platform. God, fuck and that. And for whatever reason, you just can't do it. Yeah. People fall down. It's crazy. Yeah. I've, I've watched some videos of, of people doing it. Um, like, their legs get weak. Yeah. And they kind of, like, collapse. Them. This yeah. is it's no so longer weird. sounding fun. This is sounding um, terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but also, but VR gives you, like, vertigo. And plus, you get that screen door effect, too. Well, that's why I was saying earlier, too. It's one of my, the most fascinating things to me, and I love it so much, but I can only do it for, like, 10, 15 minutes. And then I'm like, bro, <laughs> I'm going to fucking throw up. Uh, Technology needs to get better there, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, what was I even talking about? I don't know why. Well, we were talking about what you guys do to to amuse yourselves on tour. Oh yeah, there, yeah. Are there so sites Gavin you want will, to hit? Like, oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Gavin will find the VR places. Nick Solicito. <laughs> well, usually find like a brewery or something. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Everyone kind of has their little thing that they. I don't know that I offer anything. I don't mean that in like a woe is me kind of way. But I don't know if there's anything that. I do that people like in a group. I look for like any kind of arcade. Um, I really, I love the resurgence of barcades. I think those are great. Oh yeah. Um, I've been to a lot of really great barcades. It's so much fun to like just sit and play old arcade games with, with a beer and a friend. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say any, anytime a, um, like I'm visiting, I have a, like a staple group of friends around the country that when I go to their city we're usually hanging out after the show or before the show or something like that um, 
and most of them are just old friends from California that coincidentally moved all around the country. But that's usually the go-to for me is like, hey, find us a barcade and I'll meet you there. I remember seeing this video on on the on the band's Instagram. I think during the last tour, you guys went to a, a bowling alley and you kind of recreated the was it the Big Lebowski? The Big Lebowski, yeah, yeah. I wasn't even there for that. I can't remember <laughs> why they were like because Casey loves to bowl or <laughs> he loves the idea of bowling. I think, and then after like. A half hour. He's like, "Why are we bowling?" So he's like, "You with uh, video game, he just drops it down." I'm not having fun. <laughs> kind of, yeah. He just throws um, the ball. In the he's actually away. him and his brother, though. Him and Nick are really good bowlers. Rob is too. Um, but yeah, th- we do that a lot as a band. <laughs> Weirdly enough, I think last time the band was up here in Port Angeles, we went out bowling. Uh, yeah, actually, actually, can, are you allowed to talk about that? What were you guys doing up there? Fucking hanging out, dude. <laughs> <laughs> we had Gavin on. He was talking a little bit about how uh, they were working on some stuff. Yeah, we we were working on stuff, but also mostly hanging out. Like, it was actually really cool because usually when this band gets together, like before this tour, we get together for a couple days, and it's pretty much straight business. Like, uh, like let's let's grind the set, let's actually nail the parts, and it's kind of stressful. Um, this last time when everyone flew out, Casey made it very obvious he was like we're just here to have fun (laughs) like i miss you guys let's jam let's work on stuff and um but we're just having fun so yeah that was slightly sarcastic when i said just hanging out because it Hmm. it mostly became just hanging out it started as like all right it's band fun these flights to work on this new thing and then it just evolved into like let's just hang out for a couple days man let's go well, it's gotta, we it's to gotta make it easier to be able to get along so well with the people yeah with, with whom that you, you do this stuff you know, it's, yeah yeah the, they're the my best friends <laughs> i don't know how sad that sounds but they are legitimately no, that's awesome my best friends um yeah I, I seriously love every single one of them they're just so much fun to be around <laughs> that sounded kind of sarcastic again but <laughs> i genuinely meant that no i, I think i think we did that that's that's awesome yeah, they're fun. Great people. Um, what the fuck? Did you? Did I answer your question? What did you ask? Oh, you asked me what we were doing. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much... Yeah, that's it. That We were just hanging out. Okay. Well, um, since, since we do have this tour that's upcoming, um, uh, what's what's going on with that? I mean, I, I know you, you probably can't divulge too many details because you know, we, we want to be surprised by things. We want to have things that are enticing and that are going to take us you know, by surprise, but... Can you give us any details about what's going on? Because it's a little, you know, outside of the box, this whole two-night thing, and then one night's kind of vaguely defined as being stripped down. The other one's a full band with guests. I mean, what what exactly we, is... We know Gavin's playing a set on night two. We know that for... Right. Yeah. You know who? Gavin is playing a set on night yeah. two? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, I know Brian McCune is going to be coming along with you guys. The, guys, the guy who did the music for... Uh, Fox and the Hunt with Casey. I know he's going to be there playing some instruments. He did a lot of stuff for us, man. He's uh, he has that awesome orchestra in San Francisco, and they right. they were the ones that recorded on Acts Four and Five. Um, and Brian right. yeah. really helped Casey sort of realize that vision. It kind of flew under the radar. He posted about an Instagram. It got like five likes in like nine hours. I was like, hang on. So he's he's going, and then the conductor for Awesome Orchestra is going. Yeah, Dave. I think his name is Dave. Um, 
Yeah, and then we also have uh, fucking Angel Boy Aiden playing some extra instruments too, so that's going to be really cool. Um, uh, sorry, Aiden is our guitar tech. Yeah, I think I think Gavin briefly mentioned him as well. As him having the, the highest vertical leap. Him having... Oh, he won the leap contest? I think I got last in that, right? I don't think that was Aiden. I think that was someone Oh, else. no, Tony, 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 Tony. would have... He's got legs. Um, would you walk away, Max? Would you just say, fuck it, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to do this anymore? Yeah, probably. I think I texted <laughs> Gavin after I listened to that podcast, and I was like, the fuck's up with the lowest jump thing? And he just said, you brought it on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what he meant by that, but I thought that was hilarious. Um, to be fair, he's the one who wanted us to ask that question. He said, please ask us this to rank the band members best it's or worst. It's we, we had to. <laughs> it's ah, Fuck, I'm going to explain the joke away, but I don't know why he he just thinks that um our sound guy's legs are a really funny subject for comedy <laughs> they're very normal legs but uh he it it tickles him for some reason and in turn if something tickles gavin or tickles casey i just feel like i'm saying tickle if something <laughs> you are saying if tickle, something makes them times. laugh if something makes them laugh you can count on them making you laugh about it you know but i don't understand the fascination with topo's legs <laughs> Um, well, I guess now we have to have Topo on to talk to him about his legs. So we'll we'll, we'll have Craig schedule that. Topo! <laughs> um, Craig is not happy. He's just giving me a dark look from across the table over there. Craig's Why did not. I bring up? Oh, because Aiden. Um, yeah, so he, yeah, he's we, been we talking about other, other people who are going to be coming. and Yeah, he's going to be playing. So I don't even know what he's playing, but uh, <laughs> Casey said, hey, Aiden's doing some backup stuff on our set. I was like, fuck yeah. He deserves it. He's a cool guy. Um probably the coolest yeah i think it's just the three the three additional instruments. well tell uh, us about because i know you're going to be doing some of the the editing work for the podcast so what how, yeah. what's the, the structure of that do you guys have like a, a plan for how you want to do things or an itinerary or uh yeah so casey reached out to me and asked if i wanted to sort of i don't know if curate it is the right word uh he wants it to be your baby basically not yeah not necessarily my baby but like it's a trap edit and as a man who works stuff. with podcasts for a living it's a trap um <laughs> no i'm i'm stoked on it man i i don't know what i'm doing that's kind of why i really wanted to get on this with you guys before the tour just to sort of see how it all goes down because i've never done a podcast before um and yeah it's gonna be man i'm gonna fuck up the times but the we have like a uh, episode zero coming out before the tour to kind of just explain a little bit about the or it was meant to explain it's mostly just Gavin and Casey joking but <laughs> um uh what else but yeah the the tour podcast it'll be like kind of a, a little prepared thing by Casey and Gavin and then um they're gonna field some questions from you guys and that'll be on the podcast so it's sort of like a podcast live Q&A interview well, sort is of it thing a live q a because at one point they kind of framed it as you submit your questions to the website but i think the the mechanism to do so isn't quite there so I, some people were confused I, by how exactly the questioning is going to go you know i don't want to i don't want to fuck this up because i don't know exactly how we're doing it right now um i should <laughs> i should know this information uh from what i understand it's it's like a live q a well, you know what we have to do then? We we have to get up on the mic and be like, so have you guys listened to the Deer Operation podcast? Yeah. Just so it's immortalized just forever. We'll just we'll throw our own advertisement yeah, just, there. Just plug, <laughs> plug, 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 plug. 
<laughs> yeah, we were talking about that earlier before the show. How people just kind of plug on to what you're doing. Oh to, yeah, to promote their own thing. Yeah, no, while you guys um, are playing, we'll just drop a Dear Apparition banner behind you guys slowly and stealthily. <laughs> um, yeah, but so it's gonna be night one's gonna be that plus a uh, like an acoustic stripped down set. Um, I think we're doing. Can you define stripped down? Because I think Casey kind of made clear it's not necessarily acoustic. It's not necessarily acoustic. It 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 is in I guess acoustically inspired. I don't know. Uh, That's that's a terrible. That's such a pretentious way to say it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) it, I mean, we're going to be playing mostly acoustic instruments. It's going to be like uh, okay. I think. Is it going to be all of you guys, or just a a small ensemble? Or Um, I think. our drummer i can't remember if i think he he's a part of it um and i i think it might be the kind of thing where some of us leave and come back like um songs that only care call for like two instruments will be that rather than the thing that we usually do is try to fill it so everyone's doing something all the time uh this set will be more about more about like uh I can't I think of fucking words right now. Well, Jesus. without spoiling uh, it, um, because you said you don't want to talk about setlist stuff, you didn't even talk to us about it, but for songs that require less uh, musicians, things like Light or like the Habs Have Not or things like that kind of realm you're saying? Yeah, that's that's what I mean. And so for songs like that, if we were playing songs like that, um, <laughs> would be instead of like if we were to try and play the Habs Have Not on like a night two kind of thing, we would all sort of fill in or write new parts for it to to make it interesting this night will be more like no it's just piano and vocals or oh it's just acoustic guitar and a piano or whatever uh so i think there might be a little bit of coming and going by all the members uh so probably some some outside the box arrangements yes uh, yeah okay maybe a remix for some smiling swines of some sorts no no oh (laughs) <laughs> I think I think Steve might boycott the band if you guys don't do Smiling Sound Remix because he's obsessed with that song. Well, then fucking boycott away. <laughs> I quit uh, the podcast. I'm done. <laughs> I'm going to take my tea with me. Come on, correct. No. Get out of here. So that, that's night, 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 blah, 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 blah. I feel like I need to pull up an ad mat or something because I'm, I'm going to forget something. Hold on. Okay. So Facio, Facio Night 1 is the... Oh fuck! Hold on. Are you looking at a set list right now? No, no. I'm trying to look for an email where we, our, our manager, very kindly put in exactly what we're going to be doing, like our itineraries. Because I, I, I don't want to say the wrong things. Doesn't Rob do that kind of stuff for, uh, for the tour and stuff like that? He does our, yeah. <laughs> he does our tour managing, uh, which is different than actual management. Uh, I don't know if if that's interesting at all to explain well it is gavin did gavin did a whole love letter to uh rob for uh for all the work that he does for the band because he's not very active in the community uh no. I, think we re- I think we would try to reach out once for him to get on the podcast and we didn't hear much back from it so oh he'll he's, do the fucking podcast no no he just uh, seems, no. yeah you know he seems he seems kind of reclu- reclusive yeah for this it's like he, he seems is, like he, he seems like he just wants to be like his family on social media which is fine there's nothing wrong with that yeah i, I mean i don't really use socials either um and I think we, we connect on that a little bit. He's starting to use socials. He he got a fucking Instagram. I'm, I can't believe it. Uh, <laughs> no, but so he, he does our tour managing, which is a little different than what an actual manager would do. A tour manager just, not just, it's a, it's a big job, and he does a fucking incredible job at it. But uh, 
it's having the itinerary your day-to-day uh what the you know the call times are going to be what when sound check is what the the you know where the nearest place to eat is all that kind of stuff he curates for us to make our lives easier um on the road and that's what a lot of bands have a separate tour manager uh but rob just loves to do it he loves to be kind of the guy with the plan and he does a great job at it so we just let him do it and pay him for it <laughs> uh and then our our manager does more of the like uh the bi- the big the big picture yeah. stuff the big picture stuff he doesn't deal with the day-to-day on the road he deals with how we're going to release the next thing or how we're going to book the next tour how we're going to get the merch right he just he recently he recently sent out an email about the the axe box set i think uh, you're talking about tim right tim yeah I'm actually yeah, he just sent out an email about the delay for the Xbox set, so I think he's kind of... Uh, I, I'm sure he's made himself kind of more public uh, in the past, but this is kind of... He, he presented himself as, as the the medium between the fans and the band as far as like what the, what's going on with the delay and stuff, so I think right now people are more acutely aware of Tim than usual. Uh, yeah, no, he, he, he does a great job for us. He does everything from like finding shirt designs and you know ordering the merch and all that kind of and uh shipping and anything dealing with a release or a tour you know all the ad mat stuff that you see on socials that's all him so he runs all the the deer hunter social pages and stuff uh either he does or somebody that works for him does yes i got the impression that gavin and nick kind of did some stuff with it too yeah uh nick solicito does he was doing our socials for a bit i think he does a lot of posting on tour but at home i don't think so um but i could be wrong i i really don't i don't know yeah i'm sure there's a lot of moving Uh, pieces like yeah so and and tim is in charge of all of them you know what i mean he's in charge of making sure all the pieces keep moving i am now hold on one second i'm trying to find so i can actually answer your your question and and plug this tour a little bit or at least what the fuck is going to go on with it yeah do, do you think they're kind of intentionally leaving it enigmatic because it's, yes. it's only a month out from the tour and we still don't really know what's going on uh yeah and that that is kind of because we're still trying to iron out details and figure out what it is we're actually doing um and well it seems ambitious so i'm sure it's, it's it takes some you know refining of details and yeah, or or just overall changing of, of things. So I don't think we wanted to set in stone some things that we didn't know if we could deliver on. So um, that's why it's a stripped-down performance in the interactive podcast. Um, oh, so, okay. So the, um, the extra musicians are only on night two. Did I say that or did I fuck that up? Right, yeah. Okay. I, I cool. think that one was clarified. But yeah, and then the, the second night is... Um, is what you would typically get from a deer hunter show um but the night ones are smaller venues they're just more intimate we're gonna be hanging out and talking and stuff like that you know what i mean it's less of going to a show i thought most are the same venue for both nights no uh, most of them are different venues for each night i think all of them are different venues for each night no some some of them are the same venue some of them are the same um yes well, they were meant to be smaller. <laughs> I was told they'd be smaller. Uh, oh yeah, Bro- Brooklyn is the sa- Brooklyn is the same. Atlanta is the same, and LA is the same. But yeah, it, it'll be more of like a, I think. I think last time we were we were kind of discussing the layout. Um, may or may not be like this. Don't don't fucking grab your pitchforks if I'm wrong. But 
we were going to like play one set, take a break, hang out with everyone, and then play another set, and then, or maybe the podcast is in the middle of the break or something like that. We still haven't really worked out the details, but it's more of a casual uh, thing with with the fans. You know what I mean? And then the second night is the show. It's it's what you normally would get from coming and seeing the band at a at a rock venue you know what i mean but with the extra musicians i'm sure there's no easy answer but what inspired you guys to do it this way uh, like i said it seems a little, <laughs> seems kind of ambitious and and um <laughs> that's a casey question man that's sure. everything everything that dude comes up with it's like cool but why <laughs> like i, I what agree made it's a you... casey question i'd love to have yeah. casey on mask him <laughs> Yeah, he uh, he just that's dude. That's seriously everything he comes up with. It's like, yeah, dude, that would be fucking cool. How did you think of that? You know, I don't know how why, but uh, it's a cool idea, and I'm stoked to do it. Yeah, no, it seems really. I think it's probably the most excited I've been for a deer in a show in a while because I get to kind of make a weekend out of it. I get to travel to Chicago, New York, uh, spend the weekend there, going to going to museums. And nice, maybe New York, maybe New York. We'll see. But it's me. Me and my partner and my friend are all just going to go there and have a little vacation and hang out with you guys, listen to some nice music, go to museums, go see the family crats. It's going to be a good time. For, for the uh, for the show, one, thing, one question I had is uh, night two going to be uh, standing or is it going to be seated as well? Oh, it, it'll be, I think, mostly standing. It's it's like a rock show, rock show. Yeah, because in the Brooklyn show, um, it looks like that you guys are doing it in the same venue. And I think that venue has seats on both nights. In fact, you guys uploaded the picture of the venue. I mean, some of them might have seats. Uh, sometimes it's just kind of, it's not our, actually, most of all the time, it's not our our decision to make. Sure. Um, so I don't know. There's been clubs we show up to where it's like, oh, there's seating. Interesting. Or there's like <laughs> only one little dance pit and then the rest is seating. Um, I don't know. I haven't been to a lot of these, these venues. I know the Crocodile in Seattle is all standing. Um, I know the Bottom Lounge. Bottom Lounge is standing, if I remember right. Terminal West is standing. Uh, and I've never been to the Terragram before. I, in fact, thought it was a typo uh, on the ad mat, and it was supposed to be the Troubadour, because I've never even heard of the Terragram. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think you would just have to look up at each venue and see. I don't know the ones I haven't been to. Um, yeah. I can't. Sorry, I can't really answer that question. I just no, don't know the answer. That's right. Uh, that's fine. It clears up some stuff, though. It definitely does. Um, I was going to say something, and then I whatever. Vapor lock. <laughs> I lost it. Yep, vapor lock. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a real word, but Casey's always called it that. Well, I've only, so I've only heard vapor lock in the context condition that I of have. like being high, like being stoned, and, and kind of like zoning out. Oh, well, that's, no, that's the I'm context I've always heard it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just brain dead. Um, Again, you're in good company. <laughs> At least I have. Oh, never mind. Got a every time I die song stuck in my head now. And every time I die song from wow, that's interesting. The one where he's like, "At least I have good company." Uh, what is? I'll drink to that. I'll drink to that. Uh, whatever. I can't scream, and I'm not going to try on this podcast. But, uh, they're great. I fucking love every time I die. I didn't expect a metal band come out of your mouth. Oh, no, dude. I fucking... There's tons of metal I love. I don't know if it's, like, if they're cool bands to like, but... And well, like what? Give us some examples. One of my favorite bands of all time is Opeth. Um, 
Oh, more specifically, back in the the heavier Opeth. Yeah, uh, what do you think of like them having Inkata? Which I mean, I'm not saying they pulled it from you guys, but but they pulled it from you guys. If they like the band, then that's fucking awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? I have no idea. It, it, I mean, it's. I th- isn't it just like a phrase? Like we didn't come I, up with it. I did some research on it. It doesn't seem terribly common. Huh. It's not at all. Um, well then, yeah, I don't know if if it's a shout out, then shout louder, <laughs> keep shouting. I've been scouring all their like kind of post release press and stuff like that to see if they mention it at any point. I have not seen anything. So, yeah, I don't know. We've gotten a couple like really cool, surprising shout outs. Um, I think Mike Portnoy. Probably, actually, yeah, Mike Portnoy was the coolest one. Um, oh yeah, dude. Uh, what else? Opeth fucking every time i die oh one of the fucking funnest funniest shows i've ever been to was the chariot who i really like i saw them at warp 2013 they're fun <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell a short little story just because i think it's funny uh when we went to australia in 2013 i think it was um, there wasn't really a lot of bands on there that i cared to go see but the chariot was on there and i had never seen them and i was like fuck yes chariot in australia this is gonna be rad and I got to catch them on one of the nights because it was like a touring festival s- sort of thing, the sound wave. Uh, and I got to catch them on one of the nights and it was the last night of the tour. And they're playing the small stage behind Metallica and Metallica makes them cut their power off after two songs because they're oh playing too loud. And, oh man, dude, they kept playing through them cutting the power off and it was one of the coolest like in real life punk things I've ever seen anyone Wait, like do. with the amps um, off and everything? Yeah. They, they they were still playing just no all you could hear was drums but they you could tell <laughs> the dude was still like screaming and you know guys were still fucking rocking out they just didn't give a shit and then they got forced off the stage. It wow. was such such a bullshit like I mean I don't want to say fuck you Metallica but like you're playing well I think, playing I think Metallica festival. intentionally because I'm a pretty avid Metallica fan uh, and I, I think they intentionally surround themselves with kind of assholeish uh, management and staff yeah. so that they can be a buffer that Metallica has like plausible deniability in anything yeah I can see that I can see it being somebody up the chain's decision to do it and yeah not I'm pretty the sure they that they've gotten enough flack for being dicks for so long and then now they just they hire people to be dicks for them and don't even tell them that to makes they're sense. just dicks by by uh that makes habit. sense uh who else man I'm fucking blanking on names I'm right a, now I'm a huge uh, Megadeth Megadeth Metallica um I can never get into any of that power metal stuff. Uh, well, that's more that's more thrash, but or threat, yeah, like Pantera, all that stuff. I never got I into. I was I was big into thrash metal for a long. Well, long Pantera time, was so. power metal, so. Well, they were power metal. They actually have an album called Power Metal. So, <laughs> yeah. did your parents really like it? No, my parents hated it, and that may be wow. one of the reasons I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> no, I think uh, just uh, Megadeth in particular inspired me to start playing music and i just oh cool they were like the only band i listened to for like 10 years so oh wow yeah uh, i i don't i don't really uh i never really fuck with any of that stuff um again i don't anything i told that steve I, I told steve i'm gonna do a whole episode of the show just by myself on megadeth because i could sit there and talk about it for hours so that's awesome <laughs> tune in tune in soon for the all megadeth all hunter podcast that'll have like two listeners that's why i've been scared to tell hunter that i've been like looking through their discography and just listening back to some things i've never heard before yeah you liking it uh let's redact that statement I, i'll tell i'll send you my my megadeth playlist of like the essential megadeth hits and i i, I will conv- 
I will convert you guys. I'm a full. I'm a full album guy. That's fine. I can give you their best albums. I've been listening I, to them. I'm going to spend the next the, the remainder of this podcast making the case for Megadeth. But no, I, I think it's interesting because um, you, you play something that's so far from metal, and it's it's cool that you kind of have varied interests like that. Uh, yeah, man, I just like music. You know what I mean? Like, uh, there's plenty of music I don't like, but there, I'm never. Same thing I was saying before. I never understood brand loyalty, and I definitely don't understand like genre loyalty. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just like listen to whatever you want to listen to, man. Yeah. Like, I'll put on. You know, it, back in the van days, if I was driving, it would go from like I said, like a anime theme to like, uh, <laughs> like black metal like norwegian black metal to uh like seager rose to elliot smith to like whatever i don't have a a loyalty to any genre of music do you like that uh that that second intro for death notes the one that's by maximum the hormone i don't I'm oh sure yeah dude death note. yeah it's yeah. like really really aggressive i that's my one of my favorite intros <laughs> but our um, our merch guy eric who is also the guitar player in archetype set um oh yeah that's, that's so you, you guys are just clo- that just like slowly taking over. You're just gonna like creep up on stage and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no man, he he was looking for work and uh, I reached out to him and he does a fucking fantastic job. He's been with us now for like I want to say five years, four years. Um, yeah, probably four or five years. He's been working with us uh, doing our merch. He's you know shipping out all the box the box sets are like oh in you're talking basement. about uh eric um eric sorry yeah yeah okay yeah i've talked to him i've talked to him a bit sorry this is a bit of a tangent from the no the music i had no thing, idea but... he was part of archetype set or was he even musical i thought he was just the, the merch guy so yeah we're like the resident weeaboos of the touring party and uh we've always really wanted to do a project and i think we're getting close to doing it like a, another music side project of like anime intro inspired western rock because <laughs> you know how all of like a lot of animes have these, just these crazy japanese prog bands doing these really aggressive fucking isn't that just cowboy bebop though <laughs> no no more like uh like <laughs> I'm trying to think of like the. Do you know? Um, do you ever watch Berserk? I it's in my queue on I think Hulu, but no, I've not watched it. It's the one that's like really like gory and violent, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's in my queue, like excessively um, so. Yeah, that one, and then the other one that just came out, the Goblin Slayer, was excessively violent, and I fucking love it. Wait, are we talking like hostile style gory or like? No, 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 like like uh, fighting demons and shit and supernatural, like, like Devilman Crybaby style gory. Yeah, kind of like uh, there there was another anime called Blood Sea that was um, it was yeah. just really really gory and violent. Yeah, yeah, but if you ever watch Berserk, listen to the the intro, and it's that kind of freak out japanese rock metal kind of shit uh that we really want to do but like in english and not necessarily cover but kind of take that genre of music and do we we just it's a pipe dream of ours um but neither of us are good enough musicians to actually play because all of these dudes in these these j-rock and uh j-metal bands are so fucking virtuoso man they're all just shredders like Marty Friedman from Megadeth, he he yeah. he left Megadeth and turned into like a J-pop or J-rock kind of guitar virtuoso guy. It, it's so weird because like modern metal is like so different because metal started like with the power metal and everything like that, talking like seventies, eighties, and then maybe some of nineties. 
Well, it started more with like the doom metal. What I'm saying is that it started off really intricate, then it got like really kind of simplistic from the 90s to the 2000s, and then like now we're getting back to a point where like bands like uh, Polyphia and Periphery and those kinds of artists are like huge, and they're such like intricate bands that like now kids starting to learn guitar are starting with songs like Marigold by Periphery rather than Smoke on the Water. Yeah, and they're just getting better and better, man. There's some some musicians. I can't I, like. I don't really do social media, and I I kind of have to stay off Instagram because I follow so many fucking incredible guitarists that just kind of bums me out. I'm like, damn, they're like 19 years old, and I'll never be that good. Uh, yeah, there's this uh, YouTube guitarist Ichikanito or something. Just plays the guitar like nobody I've ever seen. The the guy from uh, Animals as Leaders. Watching that dude play, like Toast Nabasi. Yeah, the yeah. the level you're, you're. I I agree with what you're saying. The level of virtuoso is like the bar keeps getting raised and raised every year because these kids, like you said, instead of like my first song that I learned was uh, fucking um, Iron Man. What is that song? It is called Iron Man. Yeah, by, dun, uh, dun, dun, by yeah, Black, Black Sabbath. Sabbath. And it's a dumb, easy song. And now kids, they're you know they're trying to learn these crazy right. like. Like, the fact that Sean is a big band at all is mind-blowing. But I think people are becoming... I, I, that came out really wrong. Because I never I never pictured that music being mainstreamly popular. No, I, I, I get that. Like, that kind of tapping almost... Um, in, like, all, like almost emo style. Like, the, the kind of the, the, the Midwest emo bands kind of did a lot of the tapping and, and sliding and stuff yeah. like that. And now bands like Sean come and kind of add the math rock element to it and... Yeah, and Polyphia and stuff. I I just mean like I'm, I'm shocked and amazed. Like I I welcome it that that kind of music is becoming popular, because uh, you know that instrumental instrumental proggy kind of stuff has always sort of been around, but now people like it. Like <laughs> I now, I know this sounds weird, but like girls listen to it. You know what I mean? Did Did you hear what Fripp said? Robert Fripp. Yeah, Robert Fripp from King Crimson. I mean, he's he said a lot of weird stuff. No, he uh he said that. He he was playing a show and King Crimson being like one of the biggest and earliest prog bands from the way in the court of the Crimson King came out like '69, sure and and Red and stuff like that. Yeah. So then like so he was talking about how uh, he was playing shows and like uh, he said for the first time ever he looked in the audience and he saw something he couldn't believe, girls. And then and then he said that he said because of that he's trying to ditch like the more uh, progressive kind of uh, sound with their uh, more with their older fan base and go and play festivals with bands like Taylor Swift is like one of his goals and I'm like uh, I think it's cool I think it's great I just think it'll be as big of a disaster as like Devil Wears Prada King, Crim- King Diamond and uh, Slayer for Mayhem Fest well I mean we just had that fucking bill which I still can't believe got passed with by between anyone, the which with us and between the buried and yeah. me yeah dude that was so <laughs> awesome I was so shocked when I heard that I'm like that's incredible but that's what I mean why I think that's equally as cool as like Chon going out with Taylor Swift Chon's going out between the buried and me now oh yeah yeah between the buried and me are opening for them between the buried and me is opening for Chon yeah they fucking blew up man they opened for us like not even that long ago like what four or five years ago and now they're like a bigger band than us it's crazy yeah i saw them open for uh for periphery i keep saying that fucking band's name uh, i saw them open for periphery and it was they had a, the crowd do like a circle pit it was insane sean did yeah and the crowd, <laughs> the crowd obliged what do you think it is about a band like sean that, that gives them such uh, a kind of 
such dramatic upward mobility uh, when when other bands. I don't, I don't want to say like the Deer Hunter because the Deer Hunter I think has had a pretty good upward trajectory, but like, but obviously bands like Chon have kind of gone up like a beyond Polyphia, Chon stuff like that have kind of like really skyrocketed. If you ever figure out the answer to that question, you should bottle it and sell it for millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that is kind of a you know uh, like I, I have no absolute idea what makes success if i did i would i would be much more successful i did um, promise people you would give the meaning of life so i guess we're just working our way up to that well they're lo-fi music but played by actual musicians that that's the way i'm looking at it like new levels new devils the new uh, polyphia album like i was playing that at the office and then it's like a hip-hop album yeah but a bunch of people around me loved it and they were just listening to it in the background because it's just essentially like lo-fi but you can get something more from it not that you can't get anything from lo-fi but it's just like you're a guitarist you want to hear a guitar like before that for me it was like chelsea wolf being like my lo-fi music yeah no it's it's just it's interesting that those bands, i don't even know how we got on this topic but um virtuosos oh yeah i was talking just like it, it is crazy how i can't imagine what a like a beginning guitarist uh a book that you would get on Guitar Center is going to look like in 20 years. Like, it's just going to be like, oh, you want to learn guitar? Uh, here's every scale that you need to learn by the end of the week to keep up with, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, there's all these you, Asians. Like, constant time sync changes <laughs> and constant tempo changes. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. people are just going to be like, going into guitar playing in seven eight it like, makes you wonder <laughs> it makes you wonder what the next step like the next evolution is going to be in in uh, progressive music because i think i think progressive music's pretty stale at this point i think steve and i kind of had a, a contentious conversation about this but i think progressive music is, is getting kind of stale so I'm, I'm excited to see what the next i literally just had this conversation with my bass player last night which which side were you on that's important uh, well, we were just talking about like not necessarily prog music, but music in general. Like, what is the next new thing? And I think personally, it's it's just it's sound manipulation. It's like sonic. Uh, can't think of the right word. Like manipulating synthesizers and creating these new sounds that haven't been made before. So like the sound design. Yeah, the sound design. Thank you so much, Rue. Jesus. That's exactly the word I was looking for. See, Rue sits back, but when he comes in, he comes in strong. I'm a hero. <laughs> you are a hero. I think that's kind of the next the next uh I don't know, goal line of of music and people trying to expand these genres i think across the board i don't necessarily think but just just for prog um but i think that is in Prague. i think that's why people are becoming so obsessed with their tones and boutique pedals and boutique amps and stuff um I, yeah i think that's the next conquest is i think it'll be more about like oh did you hear that that album that had that crazy synth sample on it or whatever one thing's for sure in like 30 years we're all going to be shaking our fists at the crazy kids listening to their weird bleep bloop music so dude i already do that kind of with uh i kind of already do that with and i don't want to i don't know if this is man i'm really bad with like <laughs> that's okay trying trying to seem politically correct um and then I overthink things, and I'm like, is that wrong to say? Uh, but that's how I feel with a lot of, like, the mumble rap and trap music and stuff. That's me kind of shaking my fist at kids on the lawn, like, this isn't music, you know? Because rap's emo now. Yeah, exactly! That's, the like, the Post Malone and all that shit. It's like, how, what is... How are so many people connected to this? Because I don't know, and and it's, I've I've succumbed to the fact that I think I'm just too old for it. I don't know, and I'm not even old. Um, 
but yeah, I, I get that. I don't think it's bad. I just don't understand it. And I don't like what I don't understand. <laughs> I think I, I heard somewhere once, I think it was actually on the Louis C.K. show, Louis, that um, when you feel as though you don't like, when you feel, <laughs> what's so funny about that? Just shut up. Let me get my point out. <laughs> yeah, it's on the Louis C.K. show after the guy you know named Louis. Yeah, his, his show is called oh, Louis. No. But anyway. It's a great uh, show. Well, they they said that if the if the world if you if you feel like you can't understand the world it's probably because the world is changing around you and that's what it's supposed to do like if you feel out of touch with something it's probably because your generation did what it was supposed to do and kind of set the groundwork for something to change or progress or develop in such a way that it's almost incomprehensible to you so i yeah that's awesome is that the the is that the episode when his daughter smokes weed or something like that uh, I don't remember exactly. This, it started. It had a kind of a cold open of like he was in the antique shop and he was talking to like the the young clerk and she was talking about being a store owner and he was t- trying to give her advice on how to run her business and she was kind of schooling him in the way that only Louis could write because he's kind of self deprecating in that yeah. sense. So. But yeah, I, th- I think I think if we're not understanding music, it's it's probably uh, it's probably a good thing. It means music is probably progressing. I yeah, I agree entirely. I anybody that likes a kind of music that I don't understand, uh, I don't think that they're wrong for liking it. I just think I don't understand it, and I never will. Um, and that's okay. He's just not having fun, and he throws down the album. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> dude. That's how I listen to music too. That's how I listen to music. I do that with movies, with TV shows. It drives some people crazy but if i'm watching a movie and i'm halfway through it i don't need to finish it i don't need to waste my fucking time <laughs> oh god i'll just be like i'll be like eh, i'm not having it i'll leave like well, you gotta see the end it's like i don't have to see the end at all you're I, the worst type of person if you just leave before <laughs> a movie's over <laughs> so so we um what we like to do now ever since the gavin episodes we like to end the episode with uh with your worst tour stories. But before we do that, a message from our sponsors, AKA me, uh, we're going to plug our shit. So you can find us on, uh, on Facebook and Instagram at the dear apparition podcast. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter on Facebook, dragon underscore Facebook. It's uh, Steve may Hunter. What about you? Uh, I, I'm not sure I want to suge- subject anyone to the, the banal nonsense that I post, but uh, you can you can find me on Facebook. My name is Hunter Workman. Um, we also have a group called The Meaning Of and All Things Regarding the Deer Hunter. We're currently hosting a, well, I suppose by the time this comes out, the cover contest will be pretty close to done. But uh, if you're interested, we'll probably have a, a bunch of covers up from our cover contest you can check out. Um, or you can find me on Instagram at Megadrugi, M-E-G-A-D-R-O-O-G-I-E. That's he posts ASMR videos of him just doing... Yes, into the microphone. I post, I post ASMR videos. Um, I, I'm also Mega Droogie on Reddit and pretty much anywhere that I could get the handle Mega Droogie early on the internet days. So just Google Mega Droogie and you'll probably find me. Hopefully no one's taken it and done something terrible and then it's associated with me. And uh, now for the best show host, Rue. Nah, I wouldn't say so. So you can find me uh, on Facebook. I'm, I'm Rue Nottage, R-E-U-N-O-T-T-A-G-E. Uh, Instagram too, the same name, just without the space, separating the names. That is how spaces work, yeah. Always happy to chat, as always. And it's, uh, yeah, you can find me there. I'm very, very tired, I've got to say. <laughs> and uh, as always, you could uh, fo- you can find the network at Area 22 Productions. And uh, uh, this might be out afterwards, but if it is, uh, I want to pretend as if I already saw them. But uh, thank you for all the covers, and they were all wonderful, and I really appreciate it. Uh, the day of recording this, we just launched the cover contest, but, uh, 
I'm sure what I'm saying will hold true from what I've seen yeah, already it's, coming it's out today. It's going to be really cool. We're giving away a signed uh, copy of the Axe vinyl box set that's coming out. Uh, we're also giving away... Which I did color adjustment to so you can actually read <laughs> right, it. Because the pictures are so dark on the internet. Uh, and we're also giving away a signed copy of Migrations Annex on vinyl, which is highly coveted. And uh, we one of us had to sell a kidney. I'm not going to say who. Um, but we got our hands on it. We're going to get it signed. And we're giving that away for people who uh, do a cover. So... We're looking forward to some some creative options. Um, we had a lot of really creative and fun stuff last year. So if you're interested in seeing those covers, uh, feel free to, again, find us on Facebook, The Meaning of and All Things Regarding the Deer Hunter. It's a very long name, but it's basically the second album with the deer hunter at the end. Anyway, so I suppose we can move on now to some of the more exciting or awful tour stories. You said you have a ton. Feel free to dump as many as you'd like. I don't have a ton. And they're not like, they're not like horror stories so there's no spam ramen uh, i mean i i've seen plenty of ramen and i think my saddest meal was just cold chef boyardee out of the can but um <laughs> that's like an everyday meal thing though oh man i just remember sitting at the side of the i'm a nursing student like, I, I eat that stuff for every meal oh it's so sad you're, you're so sad <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like being a touring musician with none of the fun or creativity. Have some self-respect, Hunter. Have some goddamn self-respect. He uses the baby wipes for like when he's out going to class because he doesn't have time to shower. When like all the oh, we do that all the time. Baby wipe showers are a a tour staple. They are, but Hunter's just a nursing student. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Oh man, I was the smelly guy in the band for so long. This episode brought to you by baby wipes. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just I'm just reliving the embarrassment of like when the guys are finally like, dude, you got to do something about those feet. <laughs> and I had grown so numb to it, I didn't even realize. Like, Did they have like about? a band intervention? They sat you down like Max. Oh yeah, I, I I still to those this day believe that uh, one of them actually stole a pair of boots and threw them away because um, they suddenly went missing and it was like did you guys still that was well, no we would never do that so I, you're the bad tour story is what you're saying yeah i am i am the bad tour story every tour um uh yeah i don't know I, and none of them are really stories like with a beginning a middle and an end it's more just like musings just, yeah just weird shit um there was this one band we went out with that were just the most depressing people to be around you could tell they didn't want to be in a band they didn't like each other um and or at least from an outside perspective i can't say for anyone but it was just it was rough man they anytime like i remember i'd go into the green room and one of the members would he he would just go dark you know what I mean? Like you're sitting there talking to him and then he would just get this like far away stare and just kind of like, I, I think he, he told someone to just randomly fuck off. Like somebody in the band, I remember coming into the green room, like, yeah, what's what with that dude? I was talking to him and then he was like, fuck off. And it's like, okay, Jesus. One of the members, uh, was like smoking DMT on stage and just put his bass down and left in the middle of a song. Jesus. <laughs> Didn't play the rest of the set. Um, just so you know, I, someone may be able to identify this band by that that event. So <laughs> there weren't a lot of people on that on that at that show, and it happened a long time ago. But uh, yeah, no that that was uh, that was interesting. There was uh, they were they were constantly like berating their crew, 
And like, I remember one of the members was like making, he was shoving his hand down like the guitar tech's throat to like make him gag. Yeah. They were like pinning him down and like, Oh, this is funny. It's just like, what the fuck? Jeez. Oh God. You guys are so sad. You're so mean and sad and bitter. This Um, sounds legitimately terrible. (laughs) That's what I mean. Um, it's just a fucking that was a, a the whole thing was just weird do you have one that's a little more jovial <laughs> yeah i know i'm sorry some uh, poor guitar tech somewhere is just listening to this just so sad i don't think any anyone from is listening to this group, you're right yeah it, no i just mean cares <laughs> cares about any part of this band at all uh how about your favorite tour story? Like your favorite touring moment that stands out to you is like a highlight of your like touring career. Um, man, there's a couple. I remember, uh, I mean, the color spectrum DVD was, I think one of the coolest things I've ever done. Um, like to be a part of, I mean, uh, it was so much work and it all paid off and we didn't, we I like to think that we did really well, <laughs> and you know, like uh, yeah, it was incredible. That's a nerve-wracking thing to be like, oh man, we put all this money and time into doing this DVD, and what if we suck? <laughs> what if it's just not our night for three hours? Um, but yeah, getting through that was was awesome. Um, I'm still blown away that Casey was able to sing the whole fucking thing. What else? There was another moment. I remember when we were on the co-headliner with RX Bandits. We played, uh, I want to say it was the Best Buy Theater in New York. It was the first and one of the only times that walking on the stage, the audience yelling was like hurting my ears. Like they were so excited and it like kind of (laughs) made me cry. Um, It was just such a surreal thing to be like, holy fucking shit. Look how many people there are. This is crazy. And they're all there to see you too. That's got to be so exhilarating. Yeah. That was the that was the first holy shit moment I think any of us or at least me had with this band. It was like a, it, it was I think it was like kind of after Migrant came out or something. I don't know, but I remember even like Casey was feeling it and he like went to the crowd during Whisper and shit. That's so like that's not a Casey move, but he was just so like you guys are fucking awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, and yeah that that was really cool surreal moment um that's awesome there was another one that happened again uh at can't remember the theater's name i want to say it's called the apollo in chicago um but that was another one of those nights where it was just like it hits you because we get our our crowd like our fan base is is so spread out and and weird um, like there's pockets where we're lucky to get like two to 300 people. And then there's pockets where it's like, oh yeah, we're good for, you know, like 2000. <laughs> um, so it's, it's weird. It, it's weird when those, when those big shows happen, cause you kind of get into this loop of like, all right, we're playing like mid-sized clubs, you know, and they're, they're packing out and that's awesome. Um, but you, you sort of, I don't know, you start to take it for granted. And then you go to one of the, you play one of those shows and it's just like, oh, it's happening. <laughs> well, here's, here's hoping we can emulate <laughs> that experience on, on this tour as well. Oh, yeah. Well, this, this tour is just going to be special in general because mm. 
we just really want to play shows. It's been so long. This is the longest I've ever been home since I was 18. I don't know how to cope. <laughs> I've been bartending my way through this year, just waiting, waiting for this to happen. So well, we're we're excited to yeah. catch you. Uh, I, I can tell you're excited to get on the road. So hopefully. I'm sure all of that, all of you guys are, and it'll translate well to the performance. So if you guys haven't already, tickets are running low. Actually, by the time this comes out, they'll be gone. So try to get tickets. If you can't, then I'll sell you mine for $500. By the time this comes out, the tour might be starting. You think so? Yeah, because we still In got a month. A, yeah, because yeah, we, so. we had the Act the Act 2 episode, and then this is right after. Hey, whatever. If you're, li- you're listening to the f- from the future anyway, so uh, if, you're, if you're currently going to the shows, have fun. Yeah. Be be safe. All right. Uh, you guys want to sign off? Uh, yeah. Bye. I'm Steve. That's Hunter. That's true. <laughs> Max, it was it was awesome having you on. I, I look Thank forward you. to no, chat. I look forward to chatting with you a little bit more. Um, and I'm gonna get I'm gonna go ahead and tuck Ru in because he's he's very sleepy. Yeah, please do. Yeah, this this was awesome. You guys are are gracious host. Um, it was a fun episode. We had a lot I don't, of fun. I don't remember a single thing I've said this entire podcast. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hope some of it. Uh, it's just been word vomit for the last three hours. Holy shit! Uh, two hours, fourteen minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm at I'm at bar four thousand and twenty nine on Logic. Jesus. <laughs> Time what, am I, what am I on on Cubase? I am on bar. 4,033. Yeah, yeah, about the same. I just passed that. Well, we did all start at the same time. So <laughs> I, I want to say goodnight to everyone. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in.